Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, a DC Comics podcast from the Mail Fuzz Network. I'm Peter. I'm joined as always with Matt. Hey, Hope Burns Bright. And I am delighted to say that we are once again at Trinity. Wonder Woman has returned. Connor is back. Well, it seems like we need some truth up in here. Yeah, yeah. The, the Ginger Wonder, that's his new. I'll uh, take it. I, I don't know what I said. That's an insult to Wonder Woman. I mean, come on. That's, that's such a... You know, if Wonder Woman was redheaded, I wouldn't be ad- adverse to that. But that's my own. I, you just want Jessica Chastain to play her. That's that's all you've got in your head. And? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So we're going to talk about comics and uh, what ha- what came out this week. What are we talking about? Uh, quite a big week. We're talking about Detective Comics 944, All-Star Batman issue 4, Action Comics 967, Wonder Woman issue 10, The Flash issue 10, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey issue 4, Supergirl issue 3, Superwoman issue 4, New Superman issue 5, Deathstroke issue 6. Then we're going to drive into Connor's Corner for the first time in a few weeks uh, with Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps issue 8, Red Hood and the Outlaws issue 4, his favourite time of the month. And then we did get a chance to check out the new DC Young Animal book, which is uh, Mother Panic, issue one. So, Can I just say that Connor's Corner sounds like a place that when you drive into it, you make sure your doors are locked and your windows are up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially if there's Red Hood and the Outlaws hanging out there. Like, <laughs> That's definitely not somewhere you want to be. Yeah. No. There's like just like five vans on the street just saying free candy on the side and... Broken windows everywhere, and yeah. Let's talk about comics, guys. I feel, yeah. you know, we have so many to talk about. Luckily, there was no news this week. Uh, well, no comic book news. There was big news yeah. elsewhere in the world, but let's uh, dive into some books. So, Detective Comics nine four four, written by James Tinney in the fourth, and art by Eddie Barrows this week. So, I thought this was a solid, good issue. Yeah, victim syndicate got flushed out. Yeah, I'm liking. So. I'm liking them. I do. You know what I really like actually. I love that the leader's called the first victim. I really like that name. It does work on just so many levels, doesn't it? Yeah, I really really like it. Uh, so yeah, we we pick up where we left off last time. The, the victim syndicate shop at this gala and start causing chaos, and we get to see how all the powers work with uh, the various teammates. Uh, also, Batwing does an uh, Iron Man-esque jump out of a window to put on his suit. Yeah, let's just say that he is DC's Tony Stark. Like, they're not even hiding it anymore. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. Because uh, later in the issue, when they're in the Belfry, he even has, like, a Tony Stark moment there. You know, where his ego gets the better of him. And they just kind of stare at him, so. People have been drawing the parallels for a while. But while he had his own series, they were kind of pretending it wasn't yeah but yeah yeah i only had like an issue of his bat wing so i didn't i never got that far but yeah here they're definitely tinian's just kind of owning it because even like pete just said the the stark esque from avengers where he jumps out the window and the suit comes to him yeah you know yeah it was was that exact moment um Mm -hmm. but no i think the victim syndicate are super creepy and i i'm liking Uh, in fact, the first victim himself. There's a great moment just a couple of pages in, where he uh, you can just see him smiling behind the mask. Yeah, the bottom yep. panel. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Really, really creepy. Really good art. Well, and it 
The first victim also looks like... Like, at first I thought that was supposed to be, like, blood, but it looks more and more like wax. So I'm wondering if that's a, a key to their identity, you know? Because, yeah. you know, it, and to see the mask go, like, with that smile, like, that way, that was that was pretty cool. So, yeah. How about uh, Batwoman and Renee back-to-back fighting people? Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is good. Renee dual-wielding pistols and, yeah. I think the the first half of the books are really just a big fun sort of like sort of a siege action sort of set piece, and yeah, and and you get lost once the fog hits in when Batman drops like he did drop those the smoke bomb stuff right or was that the victim syndicate? No, no, that was uh, that was Batman and his team. Yeah, okay. So when they when he dropped it and it gets disorienting, but that's like when I was reading, I was like, oh man, I don't know what's going on, but I think that's the point. Yeah, I, I love it when he jumps in through the through the orangey ready smoke. Mm-hmm. And it just looks fantastic. Yeah, because yeah, there's that whole thing with the first victims, like where are you? Show yourself, you know. And yeah. then, like he he does just appear. It's the same with uh, when Batwoman's talking to Renee and she says, "Don't get in her way," and she like fades into the smoke. Yeah, like yeah. they really play with it. They play with the whole coming in and out of the smoke. Yeah, it's really really cool. Um, so. I do love the whole thing where the victim syndicate think they've got this plan so figured out that like Batman's screwed. You know that they've got this thing yeah. where if you don't reveal who you are and own up to what you've done, um, we're just going to start killing people and you know whatever else. And they've got all these things figured out. You can't hit me because I've got this you know this uh, force field thing I'm a jig. Yeah. And all that. Because you, keep... which I just that shows first victim doesn't understand Batman because like. Yeah. Batman never strikes me as a person that punches first. Like he weighs out every outcome before he throws the punch. Yeah, yeah that sure. was that so. was the thing because the first victim says, "Oh, you're not used to facing a problem you can't punch." Yeah. And it's like, have you met Batman? Like, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen anything he's ever done? Which I like because it is because the whole thing is is that these people who are who we find out are victims that were caught in the crossfire whenever yeah. there was a villain that Batman had to deal with. The idea that they fundamentally misunderstand the whole situation is actually just kind of part of their character. So it makes sense yep. that they completely misunderstand who Batman is and how he handles oh, absolutely. things. But I also see that as it's colored by if first victim is Batman's first like collateral damage victim, then yeah. that's a young Batman, right? That's kind of like we even saw that a little in Zero Year and even in Year One where he rushes in before thinking, and so that would make sense if if the first victims. Uh, view on Batman's been colored like that since then, you know, and they just haven't progressed, like, because they have this vendetta, and I o- like o- that. Obviously, there's a proper mystery there as to who it is, because we know mm-hmm. we find out who all the other characters are, like, they sort of, like, link mm-hmm. them to various things, uh, but the first victim, they're keeping that secret, which obviously makes me think that there will be a reveal of who it is, and it's maybe someone yeah. who we will possibly recognise. Maybe not, I mean, it depends, I mean, I... Th- I think there'll be someone from the past. I don't know if it'll be someone that will all instantly go, oh yeah, I remember him from that. Yeah. Um, it's possible even they'll just withhold it and just have it, like, just so we're on the same page as Batman, so that mm-hmm. when he finds mm-hmm. out and it's it's a shock to him, we'll get that feeling, even yeah. if it isn't someone we know. I wouldn't be surprised though if it does end up being someone from Zero Year. Yeah. Something along those lines, yeah. I mean, it's... I don't even like the first victim. It, it ties it back to something. So I I am willing to bet we'll get an origin issue of the first victim. Yeah. Uh, so, so the characters we have in the victim syndicate, we have the, the mute who 
can't speak, but you can stop other people from speaking. That's and that was a, an attack from the Joker, right? Uh, yes, he needed yeah. a tracheotomy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we have Madame Crow, who's the uh, who worked under uh, Scarecrow, and that's why it's similar. Yeah, ne- Although she needle uses, fingers. Yes, yeah, needle fingers. She uses anti fear toxin. That was a cool touch. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Interesting twist on it. Uh, Mr. Noxious, who can make you vomit and be sick <laughs> at will. Um, from Poison Ivy. From Poison Ivy. And then there's Mudface, who was uh, an assistant on uh, Clayface's film, who also got affected mm-hmm. by uh, Clayface when he was fighting Batman. And But she can't control her mutations or her form, so she just kind of, right. you know... Yeah, I like that, that gives something like personal for Clayface in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, one of the things I liked is when all the chaos is going off and everyone's getting in costume and we're having all the fun action stuff, is yep. that Clayface says, no, he's not allowed to transform in front of people. Like, yep. that, you know, no one's allowed to know that that's him. So. He's still wanted. Yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, I love that uh, Batwing just discovers that there's a round table uh, hidden in the belfry. <laughs> Yeah, I it's... do love that there is a literal round table for the for the, the knights. Yeah, uh, what's the same in the, the, love... the Watchtower? Yeah, his his talk on branding and they need a name and yeah. like what are we gonna call ourselves? And Batman's like, this is not the time to think about that. That was like, no, like we need a name because what are we gonna call each other? So, I also I, I love their 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 reaction when he he sits in uh, Red Robin's seat. Yeah, and see good. that that was the ego thing that I was talking about. It gets the better of them. Yeah, like it's clear that's Red Robin's seat, uh, and like the conversation kind of just stops when he sits there, and he just keeps going. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. A, it's a really good moment. Uh, that again, it keeps the whole idea of like what's just happened, what's still affecting all these characters. It's still there within the mm-hmm. book. It's not just being forgotten about, which is really nice. No. Nope. Uh. But no, it's a really, really good issue. Of course, uh, we end with the first victim uh, coming after uh, Stephanie. Stephanie, yeah. Um, which, you know, good, uh, decent enough cliffhanger, creepy enough. Uh, I also, I do love that uh, uh, Leslie Tompkins, Tompkins is a like, proper grilling Batman about all these yeah. younger kids that he's he's got on his team and all cool. that. Yeah. yeah, and she even says, like, if it wasn't... If- if their methods were different, I'd be siding with them. I thought that was interesting because I don't know if it's still canon, but the whole death of Stephanie Brown as Robin was like a machination of Tompkins to mm. teach Batman a lesson. Mm. Which, in hindsight, it's kind of dumb. Which I, but I get the There's the a message point of it. it. Yeah, yeah, I get the message, but the execution was terrible. So I'm wondering if that's Tinian playing with that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, sort of get, getting it in here at a different time in this rebirth mm-hmm. sort of era. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's something I really like about this last page where you know how in this run there's been these moments where the colours or the the art kind of mutes, and yeah. just to focus in on the big moments. On this final page, Stephanie's clear in focus like normal, but the first victim is kind of that muted, shadier colours there that, that we get for those bigger moments. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, the book looks really good. Uh, so anything else before we move on? I think we touched on it all. So I I got a good chuckle when uh, the mute tried to do this thing on uh, Orphan. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. and Batwoman's like, uh, or was it Steph? Whatever one of them says, uh, uh, she hasn't 
she's like, they, they kick him out of the way. It's like, sorry, but yeah. she doesn't talk much as it is, so we can't yeah. let you. Yeah. <laughs> can't let you mute her. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. good fun stuff. That's, what, that's something the book's been really good at, is the banter between the characters. It feels really yep. fun having them all interact, uh, which means that even if the plot wasn't as good, and right now it's actually pretty good, but if it wasn't as good, it would still be fun to just have them bouncing off each other. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, let's move on to All-Star Batman, issue four, written by Scott Snyder and art by John Romita Jr. and then Declan Shelby on the backup. Um, eh, I'm kind of struggling here, guys. Yeah, you're struggling. I'm I'm quite enjoying it still. Of course course you you are. No, do you know what the thing (laughs) is? Duke's really growing on me, and that's carrying a lot of this book for me right now. Okay. Now is that from the backup or is this from his action? No, from the from the from the main story as well. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't feel that at all. Like, the longer this goes, the more I'm just like, uh, why? Like, what is going on here? It feels kind of like a mess. So, it, 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 do you know what? I I kind of agree with that. Like, I feel like it just doesn't feel connected or. Yeah, it's very disjointed. But more of my problems early on in this book were right now. We all know Batman has gadgets on his suit, and he has little get out of jail free cards and all the rest of it. Right? I'm Thank sorry, but there, there, there's there's something about random squares on his chest just flying out as a projectile that just feels super goofy to me. Well, and it's like, look, I get that he has gadgets, but. So what you're telling me his suit is completely wired now? Like because there's speakers later that come from that spot on his pet I'd, shield. I'd buy that his shield bit is speakered up, you know, like not necessarily just speakered, but you know, like wired up to things. Uh, if there's yeah, gonna see, be an area. I say I just don't I just I don't it's know. just adding stuff to the suit where I'm just like this. It started off as a ninja thing, right? Like, yeah. he's, uh, he's got to move quickly. Now you're turning it into Iron Man armor. You know? Yeah. It's not quite it's, that bad, except, though, it, it? except it's not as clunky, which makes it the most, like, the best feat in, like, engineering the world's ever seen. Yeah. Fitting so much crap. Don't get me wrong. It's always been kind of a thing where you have to suspend your disbelief and say that Batman has this much stuff on him. But I just... Just random squares of his chest start flying out, and I'm just like, I don't know, this feels a bit weird. And yeah, it's one thing in like the Nolan movies where his, you know, the gauntlet things fly out, you know, like when they in Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, be but those are clearly parts that move. Like you can see them. Whereas this is like, no, this is just part of his chest that just. Oh, oh, by the way, this is a square that pops out now. Like, you know, it just yeah. it feels extra goofy. I don't have a problem so much with the, the bat sonar, because that obviously is something that... Well, that makes sense, but the one thing this did was made me want to read a Soul Daredevil book. <laughs> like, him fighting with the sonar, and, and with J.R.J.R., it was very, very reminiscent of, what was that Daredevil thing that he worked on with Miller, uh, Man Without Fear? Hmm. Yeah. Like, I was getting shades of that. You and... know, like... I'm cool with him having bat sonar, but I, I do have to question, like, how can he see it? Like, the whole thing is he's blind right now, right? So he uses the bat sonar to see, but in my understanding, the way it always worked before, you know, certainly in Dark Knight, the movie, is that he sees it in front of him because yeah. it's being displayed to him. Yeah. So here, it's, like, just linked into his head. 
<laughs> it's like yeah, yeah pretty much and this this is where i get that it's a mess because this is even different than the first issue that we got where the first issue felt very much like snyder just poured it over his dick grayson story to bruce wayne and kept going here now it just feels disconnected even from that and again he's just writing himself out of jams with you know bat sonar and just like well don't worry about that that's not important but it kind of is because that's how he takes down the talons which we've seen like one gave him trouble years and years ago right yeah, that's and now he's thing. taking down three while blind, and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, and Two-Face has a, a group of talons under his command. Yeah. Like I said, I'm going to agree with most of these complaints. Definitely the thing about how is he seeing the echolocation. Yeah. I'm not I'm not too fussed about the squares. That personally doesn't bother me. Uh. The talons, though. Yeah, where, why, why does he just have them? That bit yeah. was a bit weird. Yeah. Like Matt said, though, it feels like he—it feels like Snyder keeps writing himself into these really weird corners, and then just writing a magic bat gadget that'll get him out of it. Which for yeah. me is not as fun because it does feel very like this. Me and Matt had a huge argument last week about because Batman mm-hmm. and Batman, and I argued against it tooth and nail. This yeah. to me is because Batman. Yeah, and see, to me, this this doesn't sting as much as as King, because I expected more. From, from the Bane stuff. Here, I'm just like, okay, I'm not enjoying this book anyways. Oh, now you're doing stuff I really don't like? Alright, well, next page. Uh, is, next I'm page. not going to argue. This is because Batman. Even, like, I, I'm enjoying this book more than you guys, and I'm still yeah. agreeing well, with you on that. But it's the, the Duke stuff we, that I had a lot of fun with. So it's like, eh, okay. Well, I like that he plugs in the metal, or whatever music it is. And that's what they use to fight the talons. And But we get to the... KGB having, or KG Beast, or the Beast, whatever the hell his name is, has a riverboat lair and enough money, clearly, to own a private island that he's terraformed. Like, didn't we see him getting broken out of prison in the beginning of this? Or am I muddling up two characters? No, I think you're, uh, I think you're missing, okay. missing yeah, something up that. here. Yeah, I don't remember Anyways, that. Anyways, it doesn't change the point, but... The talents is a bit weird, because... Isn't the whole reason that they got defeated in the first place, you know, back in Court of Owls, mm-hmm. the cold? Wasn't that their yeah. entire thing, that they, that they made it cold? Yeah. So Two-Face's master plan is, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna make it cold. Seems a bit, yeah. you know, come on. Mm. Bit, yeah. bit smarter than that. Yeah. Unless this is, like, Snyder's going to reveal that Harvey's in control and... All of these things he's set up in order to thwart Two Face. Which, if he does that, I'm just gonna be ang- not angry, but like it'll just be convoluted in, if that's the case. Yeah, it will nothing. Be yeah, nothing's adding up because we get that here when when Batman's in the riverboat lair, pinned up to a wall, and uh, the the crime bosses show up with Penguin, and they have their stuff, which is from Harvey, not from Two Face, about how he they're gonna. Harvey did put in a plan to stop Two-Face in case this ever happened. And I'm just like, again, the whole Miles 2 thing is kind of lost now. Mm. I'll yeah. agree with that. Because at one point, it could actually could, yeah, it's after uh, we, we do the whole plane thing where uh, Duke and Batman are on the plane and yeah. KG Beast just lands in the plane from another one and it says Miles tra- traveled 407. I'm like, but they've went back and forth. We're going back the way and now, like... Yeah. Was this number lower than the last one because they've went back, or is it 
entire yeah, and, and wherever this lair is, it's it's close enough to Gotham that Penguin and Black Mask and Great White got there fairly quickly. You know, so yeah, it's just yeah, this thing is a convoluted mess. It it is living up to the All Star name, I guess, of Batman. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, and I just, I expect more out of Snyder. I almost feel like he just needs to take a break from DC, you know? I mean, he just needs a break from Batman. I, I yeah, or Batman. Yeah, a break from Batman or even just a break from superheroes, do some horror. Joe, what he could do? You know, uh, Gotham by Midnight? He'd be really good uh-huh. to do that. Yeah. Give him yeah. that book. Give him the, the Paranormal Investigator in Gotham yeah. book. I think he would really, really do well with that. Yeah, and you can kind of bring his brand of vampire to Gotham. For an arc, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, you know, or even werewolves, whatever. Like, yeah, I'd I'd read that. Yeah, um, <sighs> and again, I, I still feel like the dialogue from Batman feels not like Batman. No, it's, I was, it's I was very Miller esque. Yeah, I was, I was it, having it that. Unearned. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying. There was one that really bothered me. I'm trying to find it to see if I can be specific about it, but nah. It, I don't know. I I feel like I'm liking this less and less each issue, and it's a real shame. The thing is, I I agree with most you complies, and it is on the lower end of my pile, but I still I'm having enough fun with it that I'm all right with it. Whereas yeah, you two clearly I, aren't. When <laughs> I see it show up in my pull list, I go, oh yeah. <laughs> Why do I still get this? Uh, <laughs> that said, I'm going to see it out because there's this weird thing where it's yeah. Scott Snyder and. It's Batman, so I kind of have to keep going, but... Well, and we have the next arc is by Jock, too, right? Yeah, I... yeah, the arc's going to be a much bigger thing. And we've got backups by all the different people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so... looking forward to. So I'm going to hang on. i just not going to enjoy... How, how many have we got with Ramia? Is it five or six? Six, I think. I think six. Yeah. Right, okay. And I think that was to give Jock enough time. Yeah. To... It's not exactly the fastest, is he? No. But it looks great when it comes through. It does. So it I'm does. Gonna... I'm not... Yeah, you're not going to complain. But yeah. But yeah, and I still am not reading the backup, so I'll let you guys... <laughs> I thumbed through this time and saw Zaz looking all jacked up, but it was like, not what I was picturing, you know? Yeah, Zaz is a little bit too jacked up, but... Yeah. It's basically, it's basically just um, catching Zaz and uh, Batman telling Duke, oh, you've got your next part of your lesson coming next... Yeah, uh, it comes good. to like a, a personal realization, doesn't he? And it's like, okay, yeah. so he's accepted this. Now he can move on to the next thing. Yeah, Duke, Duke decides that no, he doesn't want his parents moved. He wants them to stay there because even though they're acting crazy, he sees the love behind them. He see he sees it in them. Yeah, which that's fine. Uh, yeah, backup's fine. Uh, it's not annoying me like the main story. <laughs> I'll give it that much. <laughs> so I might read it once it's all collected. I'll probably give it a read. Yeah. So, so uh, let's move on to all. No, it's not all star. Sorry, I'm. Wait, wait. Say, didn't we? Didn't we just do that? Yeah, we did just yeah. do that. Action Comics nine six seven. Dan Jurgens writing. Tyler Kirkham on art. Uh, that was a good issue. I. Yeah. I think it remains solid. This is Action Comics in a nutshell. Yeah, Solid it's, Superman storytelling. Solid I, think it's, I think it's improved a lot since the first half, though. It has. I like, well, yeah. See, Connor, you missed most of the lowest, lowest two-parter, which we really liked. Yeah, yeah, um, I really liked. Um, it, and I, I think it this... slowed down where Path of Doom was that 
action, like just throw you into it, and we'll go from there. This is taking a chance to slow down and really get into the personal relationships between Superman and Metropolis, and even including Luther and Lois in there. I I said this last last issue, and I'll say it again. I feel like this is really the cornerstone of the the Superman like corner of the the universe, where it's it's dealing with lots of strands from the different Superman. You know, Superwoman was in the last issue. Uh, this issue even has Superman training John like Superman like that's still an ongoing thing that's happening just sort of across the Superman world he took his son to the Amazon and they have a heart to heart on what it means to be Superman like, yeah. that's not an easy feat and Jurgens and Kirkham both like they pull it off with ease my, my only thing there is I'm surprised John gets you know signal on his phone all the way out there uh, mm. he's just looking at a photo though is he not I just I assumed he had his phone out so he'd you know been online and got it. Oh, maybe it could have been cached. He was reading it before they left to put it into airplane mode. Stayed there. I mean, sure. I'll always see him. Why he's put it into airplane weird. mode? It's like you're I strolling through the Amazon. Do you know what? I'm just going to get my phone out one second. Wait, how did he? What do you mean he got it online? Is the, the photos of Superman's costume lying on a bed? He clearly took that at home. That one he did, but the other one. Yeah. Also. Who, who else is going to take a photo of Superman in his black suit, giving him a thumbs up at the door? That's true. Yeah, but that's true. Connor. They're clearly his think... photos. Yeah, but I thought, did he even know about him when he was in the black suit? At the end, he did. No. Did he? Yeah. At the end, yeah. Oh, oh, again, that then. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's in the lesson Clark, because then they have yeah, to explain he... to him. Yeah, he went on Facebook and found a shot of his old outfit right. just lying he on a bed. He clearly didn't get it on Facebook, but he could have got it off Lois. <laughs> she could have emailed it I, Lois, the, Lois who is a, a crack journalist who knows all about internet security and things yeah. leaking puts photos of her husband's secret super outfit on the internet where anyone there's can find them there's a political them. joke in there I'm not going to make it though <laughs> but I just want to point it out <laughs> uh, oh dear which by the way I didn't, anyways, I didn't enjoy yeah. John asking these questions though like why aren't you wearing oh, this yeah. you know well, he's yeah. asking him, you know, like, you can do this 24-7. Why don't you? And it's like, of course it's a question a kid would ask. And he goes, well, I need to maintain my relationships with you and your mother and, and everybody else. I can't be Superman full time. I have these other obligations. And that's like, anytime I see someone go, well, why is there crime in Metropolis if Superman is around? Well, it's like, well, because he's not Superman all the time. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a personal life. He needs to unwind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all that's that stuff. All that stuff was good. That was like your kind of your Superman portion of the book for the most part, because uh, we cut back to Lois, and I like that Lois will have her ongoing like story as well throughout this now. Uh, so we pick up in one of the threads from last time where she's going to be interviewing Lex. So she's in on a Saturday because that's when Lex was free. Who's walking around in a turtleneck? Might I add? He feels like an evil spy. I love it. <laughs> he looked like Grant Morrison. Pictures of Grant Morrison I've seen. He does. In a turtleneck. His legs loose. Does. Uh, oh no! Uh, I didn't see it until now, but now I'm I'm never gonna unsee that. Yeah. There you go. And Clark 2.0 is kicking around the office as well. Um, Which I found that weird. It's like he's kind of he's got he's got to do catch up, hasn't he? Huh? He's missed he's missed a couple of months. He's got to hmm. catch up on his work. Yeah, but I think there's gonna be more to it because he seems to be in the right place at the right time always. That's true. You know, so I'm sure there's more to it. Hmm. Yeah. You know. Uh, I love that Lois, like, as soon as Lex mentions boom tubes, he's like, wait, 
That's a mother box. You've got a mother box. Why does Lex Luthor have a mother box? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was really good. Um, but of course, they have their interview, and there's a lot of good stuff between them as she's trying to like, dig in to in- get more info out of him, and he's playing his usual Lex Luthor coyness, suave <gasps> guy. Uh, he's such a jerk. He is. He's, you I know, think, Superman needs to I, I be don't a think man. He's that around. much of a jerk. He's just the turtleneck brings it out. <laughs> well, there's that, and he's posturing in front of Lois, you know, yeah. like. But just the whole why? Why am I Superman? Because Superman needs to be a man this time. Oh, also, I put my suit in my watch. You know why? Because I'm Lex Goddamn Luther. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I can. That's why. Yeah. So. I, I kind of want the but, Flash to, to hear this and be like, yeah, well, I'm a ring. Ring. <laughs> yeah. Sucker. <laughs> Deal with uh, it. Uh, pure yeah. speed force. You can't touch this. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I want to see the Flash running around singing, you can't touch this, but like like speeding around between each line. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so, maybe, uh, maybe Younger Barry. Like, yeah. Younger, Younger Barry, Younger Wally. Yeah, you could do you that. Know? We need Bart. Bart. I don't remember any. Yeah, but for- Connor and Bart are time like they're stuck behind this wall, but they know they can't punch it without changing things, mm-hmm. and so they're just like hanging out together, commiserating about their friend missing. Although for Bart, that song's basically classical music. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, just I mean, to be honest, for younger Wally, it's basically classical music at this point. <laughs> so. So he's meant to be what, 14, 15? Like something like that, yeah. Uh, but anyways, we didn't we didn't touch on the open with the the God Slayer. Yeah. I was just, he's I, there to stop. Yeah, I was just getting to God Slayer. Well okay. they, saw, they they tease it all through the issue is what, what the thing yeah. actually is. They they're talking about the destroyer, the the, the, the bringer of death, the the one who's gonna uh ruin it all. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna fix for some reason I keep I've been adjusting the video constantly throughout, and I keep not. I having thought it you have. I didn't up. know if I was having a mini stroke yeah. or not. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I'd fixed it, and then it was just it was the same problem on the other side. And sorry, it's I'm fixed just now. trying to stay still as possible. So. <laughs> <laughs> like that will affect it. Uh, I don't know. I like I like I'm changing uh, the video, and Matt thinks that he's moving, but he's not. <laughs> it's just me holding the video. Uh, yeah. So the God Slayer and his crony. Are here to destroy mm-hmm. the destroyer of worlds, and they sort of like tease who that is, and we see this sort of figure with the red cape. And of course, I think we naturally assume it's probably Lex. And so they attack the building with uh, you know the Daily Planet with uh, Lex and Lois inside. And mm-hmm. Fake Clark uses his signal watch to uh, you know get Superman uh, on the scene, and he shows up. Meanwhile, Lex does a very similar Tony Stark esque jump out. Well, he's not. He didn't jump. He yeah. falls out when the building gets blown in half. And but if you asked him, he jumped. Yeah, if you ask him, he yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, and he, he makes his suit materialize out of his watch, and we we get the fight going. But obviously, the big reveal is is that uh, God Slayer is like you're going to take over for Dark Side, and we see an image from the future of Lex in what's essentially Dark Side esque costume, you know, with yeah. the neck and the head and all that, and he's sitting in the chair. That's yeah. why he wears the turtleneck. So his suit's it's metal, star. right? And it's, his collar comes uh, right yeah. up. He needs something to, you know, stop it grating against his neck and, and get that yeah. irritating. Yeah. Talk so about more is. on that on Ultra Woman, because she has it figured out, but it's in, <laughs> in Superwoman. Um, 
the top- yeah, I, I almost kind of was going to buy the fact that it's Superman just because we know the story's coming where we're going to see multiple Superman interacting, mm. right? Yeah. So, like, that's how Superman meets Keenan and whatnot. And there's there's a couple other things going on there. But then it started to make more and more sense when she pointed out that, oh, yeah, Lex does have a mother box. And so does his sister. And this is not good, you know? So. Yeah. But. Also, uh, so obviously what Clark and John are actually doing in the Amazon is they find where that building went, the Geneticon yeah. or Geneticron Geneticon. building. And they find the containers and there was the Doomsday one. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's another one. In fact, I think they mentioned two here. Is, are they implying there's two. Are they implying it's the God Slayer and the other dude, or I I believe so. Yeah, okay. I wasn't yeah, sure. That's what I got. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, fun actually. Obviously, John's around actually at the, towards the end of this fight, so mm. he's there to possibly intervene. But uh, no, no. Um, I thought I, I thought the the actual main plot of them coming after Lex is actually pretty interesting and fun. Yeah. Uh, but for me, the strength of action is still. Uh, you know, the interpersonal. Yeah, Clark being a father, Lois back at the planet, hard like yeah. trying to suss the new Clark and suss Lex and try to figure everything out. Yeah. yeah. This is this is almost one of the most Superman books that's come out since Rebirth. Like, because mm. it's juggling all of these. Like, you're getting Lois, Clark, and Luther all at the same time. They're almost all sharing the book. Plus, yeah. I think that's why so. it's not called Superman's Action Comics. It's like all of the supers, isn't it? Because you've well, got just, everyone. Yeah. Just like Detective is is all of the, that team's not just Batman and Batwoman, yeah. So, mm. and yeah, I enjoy that. I also want to point out the the John calling the the old Superman suit the undies. Yeah. Mm. And he goes, "Well, they're not undies. It was you know a part of the suit." He goes, "Yeah, Dad, still looks like underwear to me." <laughs> so, you know, yeah, but but a meta <laughs> conversation. I thought it was there. interesting yep. that he said, "Oh, they needed it to be more familiar, like the suit." Yeah. So we had to drop. Drop the undies, but why did he drop the boots? I don't know. Maybe the fashion police got to him, wrote him a ticket. I don't know. Maybe he was just feeling like a change. He was just, you know, he was. Yeah. He had Cal X whipping him up a costume in the, you know, yeah, in the fortress. He's yeah. like, oh, you know, maybe we'll change this and we'll we'll do that. Yeah. Oh my god, have have Kelix and Alfred ever met? Because I want them to now. Oh, I, I want them <laughs> to. Definitely should. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of the best treats on Supergirl, the TV show, whenever uh, Kalix shows up. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's only happened like two or three times, but every time I'm like, oh, Kalix. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's Action Comics uh, 967. That'll take us on to Wonder Woman issue 10, written by Greg Rucka, art by Nicholas Scott. This is a return to year one after the last year one issue was a sort of side what? story Barbara. with Barbara Ann. And this was back to the ongoing story where Wonder Woman's just gotten her powers and Steve and Etta are still trying to like figure out what to do with her and they insist, along with Barbara Ann, that she should go outside and spend a day at the mall learning about the world yeah. and seeing how things work. So we yeah. get this delightful issue with Wonder Woman hanging out at the mall and seeing different things and like seeing, mm. you know, interacting with kids and eating food and Steve being like, let's get her a churro and... Uh, she can't have that that's pure sugar it'll make her sick yeah because she's probably never had like anything more than a tin pinch of sugar before living on yeah. an island um, and then it gets really like serious and real and far too real world for my life. like and yeah. I, I, that sounds like a complaint and it's not but when random people just start shooting up this mall I'm like oh man this feels like really serious and real like this feels like this escalated quickly yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I was expecting something to happen because, you know, it gives Wonder Woman yeah. the chance to go out and be a hero, but this yeah, felt it, really it's It's grounded. her plane moment or helicopter moment that we always yeah. see in Superman comics. And now she has hers. And, but yeah, I love the, the whole conversation to bring her out from the naval base uh, in San Diego. And it's just like, well, we can't understand each other right now, but maybe if we can get her to understand our culture, we can meet halfway. And I thought that was a really smart way to get her out of there. You know, instead of her them just like breaking her out and we have to be back by X amount of time and could have done that hackneyed story that we see. But instead, no, it was a, a thought out. It was you know, cultural dip- exchange. It was diplomatic. Yeah, it was. Speaking of understanding, I've got to give a, a shout out to all the, the lettering work. I think yeah. it's fantastic what they're doing, these subtle things. Because obviously, when they're speaking the two different languages, one has the extra line around the, th- the, the speech yep. bubble to show that it's the foreign language. But then even when they're like not they're the words themselves, they're like they're either bold where these are fluent, like strongly so words, or they're like these broken, unsure words. Yeah. And it, like, it's really effective that shows you just kind of what level of speech everyone's at. Yeah. Um, and they yeah, like they're kind of spaced out farther apart, like each of the letters. Yeah, it's kinda of almost it's words. not on a straight line either, it's like falling yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's worth. I mean, the the book is gorgeous as well from start to finish. Everything. Nicola Scott and Yucca work really well together. Everything from like just their reactions to each other when they they can't understand each other, but they're getting like the odd words Mm -hmm. through and uh, Wonder Woman's amazement. All those expressions on her face. It's just it's really good stuff. And then the action itself. You know, when all the quick movement starts, everything about it's really exciting. You feel the motion. You feel the the speed of Wonder Woman and the like. You know, Wonder Woman that, ju- jumping in to save the family that she was she met earlier, and that yeah, that, that one page where it's just you know where it's like what ten panels, maybe twelve, mm-hmm. and it's all like just the small blocks. So you just really get that motion in it, and it's yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, no, it's uh, every, it goes so well that I didn't read it in digital. I read it in physical, but it felt like I was reading it in guided view. Like, that's how well the story was told through it. Yeah, so I just yeah. had to think back how I read this one and it was physical so that's it's pretty good like yeah definitely it's one of my favorite pages of the week I think just as a, you know as a whole page uh, the way it just transitions through this entire because it's all at like one moment and you yep. feel how fast it goes yet at the same time you see how like she's processing it and as the thoughts yeah time slows down for her but it's moving faster for everybody else so it's almost like a vertigo zoom, right? Yeah. Kind of deal. And, uh, and but the, way, know, it, the uh, way it conveys both of those at the same time is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the the awesome with her hands when you get to that splash page, deflecting all the bullets with the bracelets. Yeah. Yeah. And you get uh, the motion blurs and all that. Yeah, it looks so great. Oh, that's great. It's a really great big heroic moment. Um, also, I loved it when she uses the lasso to, so they can all understand each other. They realize that if they're all touching the lasso of truth, Yep, they can all understand each other and understand. Uh, like all the things that came out, like you know, uh, like you know, Etta doesn't have to prove herself and all that. And then it, it goes to Steve, and he's just got little love hearts around his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's pretty funny. Uh, but of course, by the end of this show, she can fly, which is like one of the new gifts because she even mentions earlier on that she wouldn't know what all her gifts are yet. She just knows that they'll they'll manifest when they need to. When they need yeah. to, yeah. 
So and no. I, I loved the Azarello and Chang run, but that was super heavy on the gods. And I like how here they have a larger than life aspect because yeah. we keep getting told about the patrons and what they can do. Yet outside of the animals, we really haven't seen them or even felt them. It's Which almost like their presence is there. I like because it's more mysterious. It's more, they feel yeah. more like a force and a presence rather than yeah. actual characters who I'm like, oh, I can exactly. pinpoint exactly what this one looks like and what they do. And... See, yep. I, I like how authentic both approaches are to the, the Greek mythology oh, yeah. behind them. Because it's like sometimes they're literally everywhere interfering in every damn thing. Mm-hmm. And other times they're like, no, you just sort out amongst yourselves. We're going to go uh, have some drinks up on a mountaintop. Yeah, but I like that, that both are, are somehow their origins for the character. Yeah. But the different writers are bringing the different things. Because Frank Cho had said this idiotic thing this week that he can't wait for Rucka to be done so he can write. And it's not going to be – his Wonder Woman is going to be genderless, which is stupidest things you could say when gender's in her name. And it's going to be a straight-up action book. I was like, yeah, okay, well, let's see how that does for you. Because they've done that with Wonder Woman before, and it's kind of not worth reading. The reason why people gravitate towards this character is for stuff like Rucka's doing right now. Yeah. Or that Azarello had done, you know? So see, That there sounds like it'd be a fantastic, you know, like just a digital first book. It's one yeah. of those, you know, have a little side book, go. Have your little action sequences, have fun mm-hmm. with it. Are you, it's not are you, the main book, is it? Or even just be a second Wonder Woman book, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. 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 No, the, to me, when I, when I had read that, that was like, well, see, that's why you're not on the main book, because clearly DC doesn't want that for the character right now. Like they're trying to build her as this pillar, like Batman and Superman. Because let's be honest, everyone knows who Wonder Woman is, but most of us, even on the show, haven't read too much of the character. I don't right? think most people have because, yeah. like I say, it's she. She is like such an icon, but at the same yeah. time, how many truly memorable stories has she had? Right, and so DC wants as much as they can to put these writers on there that are going to do something different. And mm-hmm. and look, just look how the Azarello one got followed up with the was it the Finches? Yeah, and yeah. forever what it was, like some people might have liked it, but most people I know didn't and it was kind of forgettable so you know i'm just glad that one woman is showing up and the way that ruck is doing it with the two different stories instead of just making it like the rest of them the double shippers follow each other they're two distinct like series right now i said if they want to add a second wonder woman book call it sensation comics and have that be the more action you know kind of like how action is to superman where it's but just still don't give it to Cho. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not necessarily. Saying I want is, him to do I, it, but... I like his art. I think he draws like it looked great. But yeah. I've never read anything by him that I was like, yeah, that was good. It's well, like because in... it's always a showcase for his art, and that's exactly what, that's what cracked me up when he said it's going to be action. I was like, well, that's all you do, bro. Like, yeah, that's the thing. So... That's fine. It's not. Yeah. Is nothing anything actually bad about his writing? It's just it's yeah. not anything good either. It's just servicing the fact that he wants to draw stuff. So. That said, I guess it's all of our opinion that Rucka, stay on here as long as you can, please. Yeah. And We're we know, enjoying this. And we know he is staying on for a while because we know he's getting a second... You know, the artist who did issue eight is coming back to yeah. do the next sort of uh, arc that's not the present day one that... Yeah, because yeah, I remember back when he first came on, there was a rumour that he was just doing this first year 
with yeah. this story and that was it. Yeah, which would be but clearly it's yeah. now not the case. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's definitely got more planned, which is which is good. I will say that Wonder Woman's on a pretty good roll because I feel like I mean I always enjoyed it since it started at Rebirth, mm-hmm. but I feel like the last three issues, including this one, have been the three best issues it's had. I feel like it's yeah. hitting its stride and it's at a point where I'm, this is one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most in the weeks that it's coming out. Whereas yeah. you know, two months ago I was like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I think it's I think it's really hitting well, its stride. And also with the way that it, it hit with this was supposed to be out before the last one, but because of the Barbara Ann stuff, I think Scott got behind or whatever. It would have been really cool that they had the there was a mirror because in that one she takes Barbara Ann out to get clothes, and here they took her to the mall, you know. So there was that I can't think of the right word, but symmetry. you guys know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, there's a symmetry to it. Yeah. That I liked that he that you can still pull off and you know, the more well, again the longer he wants to stay on here the better for me because I am enjoying Wonder Woman definitely yeah. no, that's really good so that'll take us on to the Flash issue ten written by Joshua Williamson and art by Philippe Watanabe so mm-hmm. this was a very Wally focused actually this was yeah New Wally West takes center stage. Williamson creating rogues, which I will never be mad at, because any <laughs> flash writer that wants to keep making bad guys, I'm super cool with. So yeah, no, no complaints in that. Uh, and we even get. Oh, I actually really love those first couple of pages where it's explaining this. Uh, well, I don't know if it's even explaining his backstory. It's more just a kind of build to who he is, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's yeah, and it's this sort of this sort of dark uh, sepia tone kind of like you know it looks like you know the old like uh, yellowed out like pages of a book yeah it's know? one of my favorite pages of a book yeah if this was like a movie it would be shot in a different like yeah maybe even film grade and it'd be all you know crackly and turn a different like, Jack ratio, the Ripper. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, aspect ratio. Go. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, I felt like Jack the Ripper should be coming around the corner. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. kind of like that. My favorite you know? part of the page, though, is actually in the middle. It's like him and his bride, and the panels mirror each other, but they've got inverse colors. Yeah. On his side, it's yeah. like a you know the yellowy background with him in just black, but on the other side, it's like the negative space that's black, and she's like the yellowy color. I really like that, and they're, they're facing each other. It was a really Shows that they're they're paired. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. say it's important to note that it's it is yellow and not white because otherwise it'd be very easy yeah. parallel to say it's you know literally like black and white. Right. But it's not, and I think that might be important. That could be. I mean, because because light. because uh, light's white, but not really like you know what I mean. Yeah, like it, it would have been the easy. GL thing. <laughs> what. <laughs> Try not to do the whole GL color spectrum, you know, All right, with yeah. darkness, yeah. you know. But yeah, I, I get that. It also could just be because it's, you know, supposed to look old. So yeah, yeah. They want to give the feeling they, of the time period, which is what this coloring yeah. does. I mean, that's yeah. so, uh, it works. I still, I still prefer it, like for that reason as well. Why not? It's yeah, yeah. They're, they're, oh. they're it's nice to follow up a Wally kind of centric issue from the Wallys last time. Yeah, yeah, so. it makes sense. You know, yeah. it, it's a nice transition. 
That said, we do start with Barry and Iris going for a jog, and Barry's faking that he's uh, struggling and you know huffing and puffing. Uh, I do that Never too, but it's not it's not faking. I really ain't. <laughs> I don't like to run. You're not you're not big on running, Matt. Nah, I like to walk. Walk's fine. Uh, and of of course, there's a, a villain out, but Iris is saying that she's a uh, concerned that Wally's out doing doing these kid flash things and missing school and he's not he's not keeping up his grades and we get a fantastic new villain a fantastic new rogue enters the fray uh what's his exact name here was it paper cut paper cut, paper cut. Yeah. yeah paper cut uh who d- throws ninja stars made out of paper at first She's i was like cut. this dude's lame like you throw paper it was like kind of an awesome power so he throws a shoe <laughs> and then we find out that no he controls wood yeah. And, so the know, thing is, though, that, that makes him fit right in with the rogues in general. Because I feel like does. if you describe any of them, like just in a core yeah. one sentence, like they'll sound goofy. Captain, and, yeah, and Captain really... Cold Mirror crappy. Master. Yeah. Although his power sounds cool. Like if you describe his power, it sounds pretty nifty. Yeah. Yeah. Travel through what, mirrors and whatnot, but. But yeah, Weather yeah. Wizard, Mirror Master, Captain Cold. Yeah. You know, all and these. I just, I love that. I read that and I was like, really? He. He throws. I first I thought he was just throwing paper, and he was just gonna try to make a name for himself because that's what it, it said. Like, with the the rogues being gone, other villains have stepped up trying to fill the void. And then when I found out, oh no, he can actually control them. So like, yeah, that's if you make ninja stars out of paper. Although then... I do feel there is a missed opportunity in this book. Mm-hmm. An airplane for, for paper cut to yell out the phrase "I've got wood." Ha <laughs> That better come. Yeah. That better happen. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, then he's going to start controlling the trees. And I thought that was a cool, kind of uh, a cool, like old school type deal. You know, where mm. he can't do it for, for that long. So that's why he uses paper. Yeah. So it added limits right away. And then Barry takes him to Iron Heights. So It's fun. Yeah, no, the whole thing's fun. And then it... The issue really becomes about Wally's kind of acting out and not wanting to do normal kid things. He wants to be, you know, Kid Flash. He wants to be a speedster. Barry tries to talk to him, but he doesn't know who Barry is yet. You know, well, he knows who Barry is, but he doesn't know that he's a Flash. And so yeah. he's like not he trusting him. He hasn't made the connection. So the trust is not there. Uh, they do drop the fact that he's doing Teen Titans as well. So you can sort of see that this is linking up with maybe the later half of the first arc of Teen Titans. It's just yeah. getting going just now um, in terms of time. And I love how Barry was kind of like, yeah, you've been hanging out with the Teen Titans. Bet you didn't think I knew that. Yeah. Uh, we also we find out that Barry's uh, searching for Mina. He, there's like, stories of a speedster like saving mm-hmm. people around the world. And he's suspecting mm-hmm. that it might be Mina, so he's looking for her. But we get more of Wally's like, normal life. Like We see meet one of Wally's friends. You know, the kid. His name is Chunk. Name is Chunk, yes. Uh, Very goonies. Uh, very yeah, goodies. it's very goodies. Uh, and, you know, they build up the whole idea of this villain, this shadow guy. Because uh, yeah. we see this thing on the phone. Which, again, very old school. It reminds me of, like, almost Nosferatu. You know, the whole shadow going up the stairs mm. kind of thing. Yeah. That's what it reminds yeah. me of, which is really cool. I like that they've got a villain with a completely different, uh, you know, like, feel. A different, you know... He's a look. Yeah, yeah, he's got his own look. He's got his own feeling. He's got his own, uh, you know... He seems very magic based. Yeah, yeah. From where we go, where whereas a lot of the the Flash rogues are technology based, so it's cool that there's that counterpoint that even 
like Pete said, it's very old school Nosferatu, you know, sh- playing with the shadows. So yeah, it's like straight up demons. I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. So that too. Wally, despite being grounded and told that he's not to be Kid Flash uh, until you know further notice and whatever else, yeah. decides that no, I'm going to go out and find me this villain because I can do this because I'm Kid Flash. I'm a hero, and he yeah. does indeed find this fellow, his uh, full-on demon with the hat and the you know the whole coat and old timey look, and uh, mm-hmm. he unleashes his like shadow demons at him and. That's our uh, big cliffhanger, is that he goes into this shadow dimension shadow. surrounded by demons. I also had a little problem with this like last couple of pages, more from the art than the other stuff. Oh, go on. So, while, while he's saying like no matter how fast he runs, they keep up with him, yet it never actually looks like he's using his speed in those panels. I didn't get that impression at all until he said that line. I didn't realise that's, that's what it was. Hmm. And I just thought that that kind of took me out of the moment for a minute. Okay, I can see it. It, it didn't really yeah. uh, occur to me. It me either, but... just because it, it felt to me like he was running in place. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of the, that was kind of a problem. Every other time we've seen him running, he's mm-hmm. been like, you know, you, we've seen the momentum, even in this issue. Couple yeah, of pages maybe before. that's intentional. Maybe he doesn't really have momentum. Yeah. He feels like he's running, but he's actually been held back by whatever these uh, forces maybe. are. Or the shadow, yeah. you know. In that case, there's there's not enough like actual backgrounds to establish that, to, you know, to give me that idea. Because there's one panel where we see stuff behind him, but everything else is just oh. darkness. So I don't know. It was just a bit of an issue for me. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, it didn't really bother me. Um, I, I really like this issue. I thought giving Wally a supporting cast, you know, of a friend and building mm. him up and get, get this idea of his home life and which actually kind of fleshes at Iris a little bit more as well because she's in this mothering role uh, yep. and we get to see that and then I but mostly though I just really like this new villain I think it's a really cool idea for a villain oh definitely I'm looking forward to seeing more oh, really cool so uh, that's the flash uh, that'll take us on to Batgirl and the Birds of Prey issue 4 uh, written by Julian Shauna Benson and art by Rose Antonio which is notable because Claire Rowe also usually does the art with yeah. So now, and I actually think the art benefits from losing Claire Row. <laughs> because oh, someone without had... all those ugly mouths. Yeah, the mouth, the mouths are go- like they're still at the odd weird face, but that mouth yeah. issue that I've had since the start gone. Yeah, I felt like this had some Albuquerque leanings too, oh. so kind of it kind of blended with with Batgirl, yeah, which I I like. I actually, so, I thought this was the best issue of this shot. Me too. It Last time we talked about it, it was kind of on my lower. But the more I read this one, the more I was like, oh, okay. It's 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 doing what it should be by fleshing out each member. Yeah. You know, and I'm not quite a fan of this origin for Helena. Um, so it doesn't seem like, as much as I know about her, she's very anti-organized crime. And here it seems like she's just more of a vendetta, you know. Like I, she was willing to kill her own family in other stories because they were still part of organized crime. And here it's it's a personal thing. I can see I can see why they've done that though. They wanted to take away oh, yeah, some, some of that darker edge, so she's more, more closer to a hero than she is just an outright you know nutcase <laughs> that she kind of right. was before. And I get that. Uh, I I, no, I actually like the time it spent here. I actually explained the backstory. Um, oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed them taking that time and 
I enjoyed the flashbacks. Uh, I will say that when she explains how her family was all killed, you know, her dad was shot at the table, and then her brother was shot. The fact that she says her mother was dragged out of the room before she was killed, I'm like, ah, well, she's not dead then. She's she's Eilor Venice, maybe she's the new Oracle, whatever, but she's someone. She's not dead. (laughs) Yep. Or there's going to be a reunion along the line or something. Yeah. She double-crossed her family, and this was just all an act. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Uh, well, yeah, because they they were from we didn't we didn't find out where mom was from, just that they met and married. Yeah, you know, so yeah. Well, do you like as well? There. I like that the flashback started with the st- when her families first came to uh, Gotham because it was very yeah. it, you know reminded me a little bit of Gates of Gotham and that whole idea of the the history of the city and that the Bartonellis were like you know the fourth like. Sit, you know, family of the yeah. city. You know, obviously you had the Waynes, the Canes, and the Cobblepots that were higher up. But Waynes, Canes, Cobblepots, and Elliots, and then Elliot's. Bruce and Elliots were like, yeah, we're we're on the back burner because yeah. they're less than legal. Yeah. So, but I also liked that it kind of gave a history of the mafia, and because I've heard this in other places too, how it originally met Protector, and then like other things, it starts, yeah. you know. Yeah, but then it going down. Yeah. Yeah, they end up getting corrupted, and it creates its own culture. And I thought that was really cool, especially because we are dealing with Phoenice and the Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix means reborn, so I'm sure that's gonna come into play things. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. No, but but it, it, the the story is starting to tie together really nice. Yeah, because obviously Huntress sped off last issue to go and find you know uh, our target, and yep. she ends up getting in over her head. The 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 team of villains are beating her at the start of the issue, but then, you know, Batgirl and Black Canary show up to help, and it's a bit more bonding, and again, I feel like their banter between each other, their interpersonal yep. connections are starting to strengthen a little bit, and it feels like they're starting to trust more, to the point where Huntress actually tells them the story of how... Uh, her, where she comes from. Yeah, uh, how her family died. So even the, the flashbacks also feel like they, they serve a purpose beyond just letting us know this stuff, it's her opening right. up to our teammates, Yeah, which is really cool. So they trace down... Uh, stuff, uh, the you know where Oracle, New Oracle might be, and they come to this building where whoever it is seems to be a complete fangirl of everything Batman because, or everything Batgirl more specifically because she has yeah. robots of the various villains. There's a robot Riddler, a robot Penguin, robot Joker, <laughs> uh, hanging out, and then they sort of fight them a little bit. They get away. They go up to where it seems this is like the New Oracle's like headquarters, and mm-hmm. Barbara as Batgirls on all the screens, our old Batgirl costumes are in, like, display cases. Like, this person's, like, a complete, yep. total, like, fan, stalker, nut job. Yep. And that was cool. So it's almost as if they started funneling information, being the anti-Oracle, just to get her attention. Hmm. It's like they're obsessed. Like It's, it's like a, a fan obsession, yeah. yeah. Which is an interesting little twist on it, because at first it felt like it was, like, a personal jab, like they were trying to, like, piss her off, whereas... Yeah, it feels now a little bit more layered than that. Like there's actually more of an admiration going on. Yeah, and I love those robots that were just off. Where um, Catwoman's is meowing. Yeah, and they yeah, go, "Oh, Selena doesn't meow; yeah. she purrs." Yeah, that was good. And then and uh, uh, penguin, penguin quacking. It's like that's a duck, you <laughs> moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so, that was good. That was a fun issue. Was, I, I, I thought it brought yeah. the characters together a bit more. Uh, the plot's a bit tighter. Yep. So, no, ah, it was it was good. Definitely jumped me back in to where I was. I was feeling the last time like I could drop it after this arc, but now it's. But most importantly, not. 
the mouths are no longer freaking me <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> That's, That's always like, a benefit. You know, I dropped this a few issues ago, and like, if there was ever anything that would get me back in, it's that this mouth issue is permanently fixed. That's, <laughs> that's the biggest thing that that one might make me give it a second now, chance. I've, I've not checked if Clue Rose coming back, but I hope not. I hope. No offense, but that mouth issue was ugh. <laughs> to be fair, it may not have been hard. Maybe it's just something they've got better at, like you know, over the issues yeah. like they've realised it was a problem and they've you know developed, but. Uh, it seems to be gone, which is nice. Well, um, see if it stays that way for like at least another two or three issues before I'm convinced enough to come back. But no, I, I, I'd been enjoying this anyway because I've just been liking these characters like bouncing off each other. Kind of like I was saying how I'd enjoy Detective even if the story wasn't as good. But yeah. uh, I feel like this one is starting to feel a bit more tighter. Like you know, well, it's, it's stuff it. like when they're like, "Well, the last time we followed the signal, it led us to an empty server farm," and one of them goes, "That exploded." You know, it's just the timing between the three. It, yeah. It's really well handled. That's good. Good good, uh, good yep. bickering, I guess. Uh, all right, so that's uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. That'll take us on to Supergirl issue three, written by Steve Orlando and art by Brian Ching. Uh, another solid issue. I've been really enjoying Supergirl. Um, yeah. Uh, since really don't like Cyborg Superman on two levels now. <laughs> like he's, he's a nutter, and I'm kind of over the whole... Nutter? Since when do yeah. Americans say nutter? Since I talk to you guys a lot. <laughs> I don't even think I say it, though. No, I no? don't say it much. Uh, well, I just picked it up, then. You've picked that up from somewhere, man. It's very yeah. British. I don't but... know where. I can't tell you. I don't watch a lot of British TV, so... You don't, uh, you don't watch the thick of it, have you? No. No. Okay. But, but oh, no, Matt, I Matt. just... Brainiac. Brainiacing. This is like a weekly tradition. At some point, Max, Matt's mate just goes. Yeah. So. Yeah. You were saying about Cyborg Superman, uh, Matt. But no, yeah, I just. I'm kind of over Kryptonians wanting to bring Krypton to Earth. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Man of Steel just really soured me on it. <laughs> you know? No, I but... think I think it's a legit thing where that's all Zod tends to want to do, and now Cyborg yeah. Superman wants At least here, though, I like the twist on it that he's essentially made cyborg zombies out of people, of Krypton. Well, I did love his utterly insane, we're going to bring them uh, to Earth, and uh, the people of Earth will be. And he holds up his arms sacrifices like <laughs> i think that's why i don't mind this as much because it's yeah. not he wants to take over earth and make it new krypton he kind of just wants the life force of the yeah. planet yeah so but yeah i'm just kind of like uh and i never was a big fan of cyborg superman to begin with uh in the new 52 just that touch of making it car's dad making him zorel i think it's working better know. here though i think they're Yo, yeah definitely but yeah, yeah um I, mean, I am enjoying it. Like, I read Cat here in the voice of... Uh, Calista Falkhart. Uh, Calista, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so Orlando's doing a great job there. Uh, like, yeah. Clearly, he's aware of TV version. So, Actually, cause... yeah, I love... Like, I think Supergirl as well is written... Like, she's a bit more, obviously, teenage angsty than TV Supergirl. But yeah. The, the way she, like, reacts when, like... like I love that there's not even a moment where she's, like... Oh, I'm tempted to go along with this. No, you're yeah. crazy. This is an abomination. These people are yeah. robots and they're dead and they're zombies and you're. That's not my job. mother anymore. <laughs> you know. Yeah, she just immediately goes to it and she like throws them at the moon or the whatever yeah. the nearby planet is. She just, she just and he throws her back. And I, I love the over the top like action of this where they're just oh, throwing each then, other from planet to planet. 
Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Agent Danvers is like, oh, okay, I'm on an alien uh, satellite. Did someone just get thrown into the moon? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, love, I also love how she just shows up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's well, great. I actually like the whole thing where they're debating at the start, you know, the Danvers, because Supergirl's like, no, I'm going, like, he's told me about, you know, Argo City, I'm going to go there. And they're like, you yeah. really shouldn't. Like, no, I'm going to go. And they decide to be supportive. To the point that yep. when uh, they're convincing uh, our superior, I can't forget her name. DEO. Uh, yeah, um, DEO person. Uh, like, when they're convincing her, uh, like, they actually kind of convince her and say, no, look, if we're going to be parents, we have to be supportive. She's never going to bond with us if we're just constantly telling her no to everything. Yep. Uh, but they convince her to let uh, Eliza go with her. So she's in this little ship. <laughs> as Supergirl flies to Argo City and she's yep. there to sort of witness things which I think works really well it's kind of like how you have you always have human characters in a Godzilla movie because you need the human perspective on the stuff because yeah. don't get me wrong we can relate and connect to Supergirl a lot more than we can something like Godzilla because she's still a person with feelings and thoughts and so on but there is like an element of now we've got a regular human being who's watching these people flying back and forth to like moons yeah. you know yeah. uh, this makes it feel big and epic Yep, someone got thrown into the moon. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Where do we go now? Yeah. Huh? Uh, meanwhile, Kat's grilling the other intern for why Supergirl, or why Kara's not at the Where's office. Yeah. yeah. And she's, like, almost impressed that she's willing to be brave enough to stand, like, stand her up and, like, take yeah. the day off. Yeah. Which is well, also, nice you know, I know she's not dancing as much. Like, she throws that at him. Because mm. the last time... Yeah, because he was right. bouncing to yeah. give his answers in the, yeah. the auditorium. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, also, I'm still loving the art. I think it's really fun and playful. Um, loving Kara's expressions. Uh, mm. It also works really well for the action, like I said, when they're flying, you know, punching each other to moons and whatnot. It makes yeah. it much more comical, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, the giant beams mm. of, like, you know, light or, like, you know, forces that are getting thrown. You know, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm I'm really really digging Supergirl. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I think it's a lot of fun whilst also actually doing stuff with the character and like yeah. exploring it. Yeah. So I think Orlando's doing a good job there. Uh, but anyway, I love that Kara gets trapped in what is like this weird monolith thing where just her head sticking yep. out. It's like I can. It's like she's completely boxed in. Yep. Like it doesn't just, go. Like it doesn't just feel she's in a box. It feels like it's solid and it's just like formed around her. So her head's just sort of peeking out, and she's like held in place. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, we end with a big cliffhanger that Cyborg Superman's coming with his army of robots to Earth to uh, basically steal life force from people. Because mm-hmm. why not? Because yeah, that makes sense. But he's insane. He's an insane robot man. He is insane. He's like an insane cult leader who just also happens to be the embodiment of Kara's father and also be like a cyborg Superman. Well, he's, yeah, he's he's science perverted. Just because it's like that line from Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. You're so preoccupied saying if you could, you didn't think if you should. Hmm. You know, that's the essence of this Zorel zombie robot. Yeah. Uh, no, super fun. Super fun. So... Uh, that'll take us on to Superwoman issue four, uh, written by Phil Jimenez and art by Emanuela uh, Lupacino. So let's go on to that, and uh, I'm still enjoying this. I think this is out of the two Super Lady books. This is mm-hmm. you know the one I'm enjoying a bit less, but I see, am still... I disagree. I love this issue. I, no, I, I liked it a lot. This was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I liked it a lot. This probably is better than issue two and three. Like I like this 
Play. It's I'm, made me like the Atomic Skull, just because. I always like him last issue too, as well. To be fair. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, like, and he's offering to help still, even though he's like in the prison, and mm. you know, I like I like that redemption. Yeah. Building, uh, and it's also building a supporting cast. It's building so. a supporting cast, but it's also... It, I love that it takes uh, Lana back to the farmhouse, and we have her talking to, uh, you know, uh, Lois. Dead Lois uh, kind of like Dexter, Mr. Robot-esque kind of style, where... But I feel there's more going on here, because... Uh, there might be. You might. Be like, right. because she just thinks it's a ghost, right? Like, it's her... her what did she say in, in the issue... It's like her guilt and her yeah. doubts manifesting. Yeah. And she opens her eyes. She goes, why are you still here? Oh, I love that moment. You know? The art yeah. is fantastic yeah. for that moment where she yeah. shuts her eyes and then she opens like one and she's like, wait, you're still here. What's going yeah. on? Um, and well, so, but well, yeah, as yeah, I just... As all her head though, because all this goes on while she's doing other things. Like it cuts back and she, because she, at one point Lois opens the window and she sees like something that's there that's, you know, out in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where she sees the, the, the carrier, right? Yeah. But yeah, so I, I feel like there's something more going on than it's just her guilt, like she said. Like, this could be the essence of Lois, of, of New 52 Lois, that has something to do with the the powers that they, they have, you know? Maybe. Like, mm. yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe it bonds them. Um no, I think it's doing a really good job of uh, building building them up, and also uh, builds up uh, like other characters, like still like still and Natasha know someone from the prison. Yeah, you know, mm. uh, during this whole riot thing that's going on. Um, well, and Natasha wanting a, a code name. She's yeah. like, I'm not going to take a, a Iron Lady or Iron Maiden or yeah. Steel Girl or, you know, I like that. Because uh, we need call names for when yeah. we're out there. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what it's going to be, though. Now, they've got me wondering. Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're going to have to one-up Ironheart. Like... <laughs> so. Shouldn't be that difficult. No. Not at all. But... Yeah. And then with, with Irons and his whole concern for Lana. And, and then we find out that his scan of her being sick, it says it's going to be fatal. Yeah. But she kind of starts putting it together, like you're, it. It could be reading an infection and not, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily what they think it is. Well, we know it's so. not fatal, fatal because it's her book. It's yeah. going to be here, but well, of course. But the fact that they can't get it under control, that every time she uses her powers, mm. it's burning her out a little more. You know, there's going to be. I know there's going to be that moment where we think she's dead, and then she's going to rise up. You yeah. know. Yeah. Also, it says something more about this, like the the prison that Lex is in. This, uh, it's like this cube that exists outside of, like, you know, it's a fourth I'm... fourth dimensioned cube, I believe, is the uh, what the other guy well, says. Yeah, and that's the other thing that we with Ultra Woman that I wanted to point out. We're talking about Lex and the turtleneck. She seems like she doesn't need a turtleneck. Her head just floats. So however <laughs> she, <laughs> however she managed that one, you know. Well, I think more... it's just that she's there's a barrier, you know, into yeah. this fourth dimension, and she just sticks her head through. And that's yeah, it. Yeah. You don't see anything else because nothing else is in that yeah. realm. Yeah, because when you yeah, see yeah. her in like full, like, she's got her Lex style armor on. Yeah. And like she's got the full head and all that. Yeah, I mean, she, you can see that she's like, full, full embodied. Um, no, can I, you? You just see a big suit of armor. Maybe there's just a floating head inside it. Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. True, as possible. <laughs> <laughs> If so, why bother with the rest? I suppose. I mean, but, um, this is the thing. Yeah. I, it's it's not that, but just just for the sake of defending Mad's point here, it could be. I'm gonna say she don't need a turtleneck because she's got no neck. That's it. Like, <laughs> I, I just love it. I love that her posturing about being Ultra Woman and using the the Superwoman Bizarros. Like, there's so much Superman going on here. Again, mm. let's just say Action Comics. That it's not just Lana's book. It is, you know, John and Natasha and now Lena. So, and I want more of the because that's probably why this is one of my favorite issues since the first. I think because I really liked that, like that relationship we had between them in the first, that banter. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I feel like the last couple of issues did suffer a bit without it. Yeah, I think that's the yeah. best part of this issue. But at the same time, I also love like uh, Tracy showing up. Yeah, Natasha's friend and like uh, yeah, Tracy thirteen. Yeah. That was that was a nice throw too from like. Pre-Nee 52. Like, I forgot she was a character. Yeah. But she, she like, comes in and tells the team about Ultra Women. And, like, it feels like the plot's, you know, moment, you know the momentum's starting to build a yeah. little bit more as well now. Yeah. They're aware of the threat. They're aware of what's going on. Um, but the idea that this 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 uh, ship, this helicarrier, is, uh, you know, so much more than that. Yeah, well, what else you can call it? Oh, that's what it is, though. Yeah. That's that's good on Marvel for, for cornering that, because what else are you going to call it? Hmm. Although, now that you mention it, not to go back to this whole uh, floating head no. and neck thing. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Are we fixated on this, really? Well, no, I've just, I've flipped to the page in the suit, and I have to admit, it even looks like it's kind of floating on the suit as well. <laughs> <laughs> I no, just, I'm just saying, it, it's not enough to be like, this is bull, but I'm just kind of like, huh, strange, <laughs> uh, strange decision on the part of, of uh, Jimenez and... Lou Pacino just doesn't like drawing necks. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> oh, it's the Rob Liefeld effect. No feet, no neck. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so we ended up a cliffhanger of the, the, the helicarriers coming in and super... Ultra Women's got all of our ultra super ladies, you know, mm. Brainiacy clone one. You know what I'm talking about. Those things. Yeah. Uh, those did, did we settle on a, a name for those? Minions. Minions. There you go. Uh, ultra Women's sure. bring our minions uh, to Metropolis. Uh, oh, God to take it apart so that's a big action cliffhanger which is really cool and I like actually how at the end in this last panel that uh, imaginary Lois is actually standing there behind everyone like yeah. I thought it was a really nice little touch taking part yeah taking part because she, she is part of this yeah you know um, and I'm all for Tracy being a permanent member of the, the cast yeah. in this as well so that'll be really cool just, just you keep know, throwing anyone in yeah this is what I'm, I'm loving with Rebirth is for all the crap that DC was getting about a diverse cast, this book has a really diverse cast. It does, yeah. And it's not, and they're not forcing it down your throat, going, look how diverse we are. It just makes sense throughout the story, hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and mean, you don't see, like, news articles of them shouting about no, it either. Yeah. There's nothing. Of course not. And you've, no. I mean, not, not only do you have two black characters and an Asian character, you have an interracial couple as well. Like, you know, it's just. And nothing's treated like anything else, and they've not mentioned that Maggie's gay, but they may come up at some point. It could, yeah. So that's what I just like. Again, like the, you don't need to to wave the flag. Just give people this, and it'll be you know. It's just more effective if you don't make a big deal about it, because that's just you know the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. So and and I appreciate that, and that goes goes mainly across the. The spectrum right now with Rebirth too, because look at Flash and Superman and all of those. 
Blue Beetle. So. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, that's a really good point with Rebirth, actually. Which is funny because one of the complaints when Rebirth was announced, oh, we're losing DCU, which is you know the diverse like portion of mm-hmm. DC. And in actual fact, if you look at Rebirth as a whole, it's just as diverse across the board, really. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, that's uh, Superwoman. Uh, really good. It's, it's, I feel like I feel like I maybe chose my words poorly by opening with it's not as good as Supergirl because it is like, still. No, really but good. Uh, again, I I get you enjoying Supergirl a little more because you are the, the the harder sci-fi guy, yeah. right? Like that appeals to you a little more. Me, I'm just enjoying them about the same. I am glad as a Superman fan that went through the New Fifty Two that we have good super books that aren't Superman. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and we have there's... the full spectrum here because I enjoy it more than Supergirl. So yeah. we've got we've got the middle and then both sides. So right. yeah, so I'm just glad that there's books out there that aren't action and Superman. Like we have Superwoman and Supergirl and New Superman, and you know. Well, this will mean nothing to the audio yeah. listeners, but for the video people, if you ever wondered what it would look like if uh, Connor had sex with a cat, this is what would probably come out. <laughs> That was a reach even for you, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like he just has to work his cats into everything somehow. He does, but, you know, I like Firefly. Firefly just, is a nice... Well, he jumps you know, up. The other two tend huh. to leave us alone when we're recording, and it's just Firefly tends to make his presence he's a dick, known. like old cats. Like old gingers. It's the same, uh, yeah. Hashtag not all gingers. <laughs> all gingers. <laughs> all of them. Uh, anyway, uh, where are we? Uh, so that was Superman. That'll take us on to New Superman, issue 5. Uh, Jean Luniang writing and Victor Bogdanovich on the art. And of course, this carries on from last issue where we had the shocking revelation that none of us seen coming, where uh, <laughs> Kian's father turned out to be... Uh, oh, I keep forgetting his name. It's like three words to... It's like Supreme's... General Dragon... Yeah, General yeah. Dragon... Steel, isn't oh. steel? Iron? Steel? Yeah, maybe steel. Yeah. Dragon steel. Kieran's <laughs> dad. This is why I keep forgetting it though, because it's got it's got like three names. Like it's like a three worded yeah. name. Well it's not it's not easy like human firecracker. Yeah. And folding paper man. <laughs> it's Fold, just not really Folding catchy, paper it, man. It We've got paper cut and folding paper man and the DCU at the same time. This is like yeah. so exciting. Oh, we really should know this guy's name though. We really should. But we like, get, he's he's the main thing in this issue yeah but he he gets uh his backstory out with his brother and how he became a part of this team and how his wife was actually more into this stuff than he was and she was a superhero didn't see that one coming like for real it's not being snarky like you almost feel like he became a superhero because of his wife's death not that she pulled him into it yeah, it was more her thing, and she was upset when they got pregnant because this was yeah. going to interfere with this. But they ended up having the kid anyway, and they kind of settled mm. down because they had Keenan. Yep. So once she died, Keenan was... even means that, right? It means yeah. like the gift from, you know. So. Yeah. So that was all interesting stuff, but of course, in the the main present day story, uh, Keenan decides to go off with his dad because his dad kind of convinces them they're doing the right thing for China. Yeah. And, you know, he makes them doubt the uh, Ministry of Self-Reliance. But, of course, it all all flips up when uh, Firecracker... Yeah, when Keenan Yeah, when Keenan refuses to do something, he attacks Keenan. 
and yeah. this makes Cain's dad take him to the Ministry of Self Reliance to make sure he gets help. So I finally found his name. On oh. you go. It's it's Flying Dragon General. Flying Dragon General. Jesus so we got two, we got two of the words. Yeah, two of the words. Where were you getting steel from, Matt? I, I think I was getting it from General August and Irons. Yeah. Because he's another general, like, in the Great Ten, who we see pop back up. But uh, I also like that they kind of hinted that maybe it wasn't the self, the, the Ministry of Self-Reliance that gave Keenan the powers hmm. as much as they chose him to where it, his powers kind of work off of his temperament. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why they so, keep shorting out. They they, they realise that it's yeah. emotion based. That when he gets too emotional yeah. about something, his powers don't work properly. So he has to oh, learn to control. My powers would never work. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So there's a lot, there's a lot of good stuff with uh, Batman and Wonder Woman, uh, like being like you know what you're doing, Keenan, and there's a great moment where Batman, uh, what's it? He does he hacks something or turns something? He turns off. on the TV. He turns on the TV yeah. in in Keenan's house, and he says, "How did you do that?" I'm Batman. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, it's it's, it's sort of because Batmaning that you have to love. Oh yeah, yeah that's great. That, that's the thing, and and I buy it from him because that, that's like his one thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. the technology. You know, so of course he'd be able to turn on the TV. So, but but of course, Baxi being him, he actually revels in it. He's like, because I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I did that. But uh. the fun of it is infectious. Yes. Yep. Uh, which the book still is. It's st- still fun. Uh, th- there was less fun banter in this one just because it was so focused on the dad's backstory, which was a lot more. Yeah. Th- well, and I'm not complaining as such. It's just you know it, it took that focus uh, away from the the you know the, the core three characters that we you know we've, ha- we've had interacting for the past yeah. you know, four issues. Yeah. But uh, no, no, uh, art still looks great. It's been. Ver- I mean, it's almost hard to talk about the art in this book and other monthly books because it is the same artist each month. Um, yeah, it's very consistent. There's all you know. There's not a whole lot of new things to talk about mm. with each new no. issue. Uh, but of course, we have uh, Keenan's dad um, agreeing to help stop the Freedom Fighters because what they're doing. Because the whole thing is that Firecracker is going to use mind control from Starro to force democracy, which kind of defeats the purpose. Undermines democracy. democracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I like how they kind of paint the group as you know shades of grey because yeah. while they all have the same objective, they clearly disagree on the methods that they should be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like firecrackers is the the means justify the end. I want I want to know right. uh, what folding paper man's opinions on this is. I'm sure we'll get. Well, as long there. as he can just fold himself into a paper airplane and ruin the uh, what is it the the BMV or whatever. B-U-V. Let's be honest. B-U-V, I think, yeah. I, I just want a weekly solo book for Folding Paper Man. I feel like he, in one issue, has deserved that right. He should. He, he should be the main pillar of the DCU. More important than Batman. He? More important than Superman. More important than Harley Quinn. Quinn. More important than Harley uh, Quinn, yes. <laughs> you do a Folding Paper Man paper cut crossover just, to where just think he about the- infiltrates paper cut. That's one of the pieces of paper. Think of what you could do with like the actual physical book with the fold is, and you could use that as part of your storytelling with fold- folding paper, man. Oh, man. Digital users would suffer, but it'd be worth it. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Um, when, when they did that Batman issue where he's lost in the labyrinth, you uh, know, people, well, I know, digital I know readers... No, yeah, digital readers said it worked just as well, so... Yeah. You know. 
Because obviously, uh, you just make sure the uh, the readers know that the page is this way up. You just don't have it correct, so that it still looks yeah. upside down. So what, what would happen is, is you get to that page in Batman, and you think it's a mistake, so you flip your yeah. iPad, and then it corrects, and you're like, wait, no! And then you flip again, it's like, no! You flip again, no! See, that's the thing, at least with the physical issue, you can turn it around and read it. You flip your yeah. tablet, and it's just going to flip back again, you're like, damn it, I've got to turn the auto-rotate off. Yeah, that's not that hard. You flip it, press the button, you're good. That's a chore. It's an extra button you got to press. Oh, guys. Anyways, uh, I, I told you guys in, in one of our threads, I love that Kanan's become, like, he's got that dickishness that I love out of Booster Gold and Guy Gardner, hmm. that he's just lovable enough to make it work. Yeah. So, well, you know, I hope he stays around for a while. Yeah, I think I think he will. And I think what I like about his dad now is that his dad will probably go to prison for what he's done. And, but he'll mm-hmm. take he'll take that willingly because he's you know seen the light or he's helping his son or whatever. It, but yeah, we'll, but we'll get like a mentor role where he'll go and visit his dad in like their jail cell, and he'll, he'll yeah. and it's it's funny because he, he gets to know more about his dad and he's like one scene oh. with him in this issue than he he feels like he has ever. Yeah. So yep. so we'll see that relationship form, and that that'll be like the emotional tie for Keenan, where he's you know he's a dick to everyone else, and there's like hints of a friendship and between the three characters and all that, but the, like, the emotional underbelly of it all will be his dad and, like, you know, because presumably art number two will have Keenan's dad in the prison or whatever and the threat will be new or, you know, or be something assume that, so. Yeah. Or something mm-hmm. that comes out of the what's going on. Yeah. With Superman. Yeah. And all that stuff, too. Mm. Yeah. So, no, it was another strong issue of New Superman. So that was... Uh, Issue 5 of that. Uh, that will take us on to Deathstroke, Issue 6, uh, written by Christopher Priest and art by Carlo Pugalain. I'm sorry, I don't know if you guys Pugalain. can hear those fireworks. They're really annoying. No. Nope. That's good. He's got a human firecracker you, over there now. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. coming for me. We, 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 we made too many jokes at his expense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Deathstroke. Yeah, um, I, I felt like you were waiting for me to start that. I was like, Matt, I didn't read it. Go! <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> I was waiting for Connor to take it over. Oh, so this, right? I've got I've got two still to come, so I thought I'll let you have okay. this one. Yeah, Connor's Connor's gotcha. next, Matt. Let's not hear him talk too much. Come on. Let's... Gotcha. No, so we get reintroduced in this issue to to Joey, the son that we saw last in a bloody heat. Um and he's got he's like he works for like a tech company now. And yeah. him and Rose, like Rose has come and found him and She's kind of dealing with the fact that her dad put out a hit on her. But it's kind of they talk about it, and it's kind of like, well, that's how he spends time. He's yeah, a terrible like, father. What, what you expect. Yeah, like he does this for a living. What else would you expect? And you get this undercurrent that he's kind of well-adjusted for having two assassin parents. He's like the VP of this company, and he's developed this technology that lets him talk through Bluetooth. Like he can change his different voices and – and whatnot, and we we jump to Deathstroke and Wintergreen, where I just want like books with them. I want them like, to have a comedy book because that banter yeah. is top quality. And you know they're going back and pulling Jazeki out from the country that we started all this in, and it's become a full blown war with him in full Red Lion costume now. Yep, and he's you know, and he's got lions guarding him, and Deathstroke comes in, basically parachutes in, and 
picks up Red Lion by threatening his lions, which was a, a nice touch. Yeah. It shows that Deathstroke's a bit of an animal lover, too, because he didn't want to kill the lions. You know, he's like, don't make me do this. And I, so I don't know if that's kills. necessarily that he's an animal lover or just the fact that he never really kills for the sake of it. Yeah. He's just, he, he, he wants his job. That's it. Yeah. He's, he's not well, interested in, in anything Let else. me read it my way, you know. I mean, sure. He's an lover, so. he, he clearly just loves lions. I mean, he yeah. doesn't. Exactly. So, the best kind of cat. I don't know. That's a that's a discussion for another day. All right, Tiger's pretty dope. Every kind of cat is better than than Peter's kind of cat. <laughs> How dare you, good sir? Uh, uh, but tigers are better anyways. than lions, for the record. Wait, what? Tigers are better than lions, for the record. I mean, I'd have to really think about it and have some <laughs> serious debate. And I feel like this isn't the right place for this. It, it's not. So I'm trying to talk about Deathstroke here. What people should be reading it. They should. And, you get Wintergreen constantly overthinking that the plane's on fire. And as he said, each time Deathstroke's talking to him, he's like, yeah, that's great, but the plane's on fire. Oh, oh, you got Jazeki? Great. I think you missed that the plane's on fire. And then he starts talking about how he was retired and him and Deathstroke, you know, go back and forth. Like, you never, never really retired from this life. And, and as we get to that, we see, uh, was it Dr. Isherwood? Uh, the tech guy that we saw a couple issues before. Yeah. And he's working with Joey. And it looks like they have this kind of plan that they're going to bring down Deathstroke. And Rose is there. They have the guy that, uh, the boyfriend. Yeah. That that took the hit offer from Deathstroke. And you come to find out that he has a own vendetta against Deathstroke because it looks like Deathstroke's up with his mom at some point. And yeah, there's these weird little turns in each of these issues where I have no idea what's going to pay off. Lay down. When I said but, lions, but I was you're, but you're to sure you. it's coming, aren't you? Like, it's yeah, like... you know there's there's something. And we get confirmation that, that Joey is full out Jericho as we know him when he jumps into Dr. Isherwood uh, through, through the eyesight. And we also get this little bit that the reason that Jericho is doing all of this is because of his fiancée who is uh, this black girl um, with a boy's name that they point out that Etienne, is related to, yeah, like Etienne, and is somehow related to an enemy of Deathstroke. So Let's be honest, though. He must have so many enemies. He must. Like, just so many. Yeah, so it could be literally anyone. <laughs> I feel like Priest wants you to feel like it's Red Lion and it's Jazeki. But so that, all, that kind of feels too obvious, doesn't it? It is too obvious. So I'm guessing we're going to get to a point. But it's the slow burn that, as I just said earlier, that each little weird thing does have a payoff later. From whether it's Isherwood and Dr. Icon to the Icon suit. Like, each thing has happened to lead to a point. And now we we have his, his son and daughter in the same place. So it's definitely the art. The art always... You know, it's coming in. It's great. just fantastic, isn't it? Yep. I mean, to, to see the Red Lion, who almost looks like Craven the Hunter with a mask. Mm. You know, he's got this big, full red mane. Uh, and looks like a straight-up supervillain, who was just leading a country. Like, let's not forget that. Yeah. Like, he was the president for life of the Central African country that just got yeah. overthrown thanks to Deathstroke. So. Yeah. I, I just I love the black humor of it all. It's so yep. good, and that's 
as what keeps me around, even though like I don't know fully where it's going still because they twist yep. things every issue. Yep. The the dark humor of it keeps me along for the ride until we get to wherever it is going. Yep. Done. So good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Cool. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, that'll take us on to Connor's Corner of all places, which has been a couple of weeks. So, yeah. Uh, who knows if Connor wants to mention the previous issue of something if he's if he didn't talk about it last time? But uh, he's going to talk about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps issue eight, uh, written by Robert Vendetti and art by Ethan Van Skyver. So, I do have to briefly touch on issue seven because it was important. It was the end of the arc. Right, okay. And if you recall the issue before, last time I was talking about this, Hal and Sinestro were about to fight because, of course, they bloody were. Yeah, because they can't be friends. Like they're their whole partner. Yeah, thing exactly. That, that, yeah, exactly. Basically, just really quickly, uh, Sorenic rescues Guy and a bunch of other yeah uh, Sinestros are like with them. They they think mm. what Sinestro is doing is wrong, and so they're kind of taking some prisoners of war off Warworld, and they're just kind of you know getting out of there and escaping. Mm-hmm. as this fight is going on. And Hal and Sinestro basically explode the whole planet and destroy themselves in the process. They're gone. What? Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> from the book. Hal, Hal Jordan is no longer in his own book. That won't last. It won't yeah. last. Of course it won't last. And that was, uh, that was my exact reaction. I was like, oh, I wish this could just be permanent for now. Or, you know, not, not like forever, but just a while. As long as Vin yeah, is well, on it's, a, it's like what we say in Green Lanterns. Like, the further we can get from the emotional core every time, see, see the, the better is, it is when they do show up. See the thing is, if they just called this the Green Lantern Core, right? If it was just Green yeah. Lantern Core, then buy it, wouldn't you? you would buy this for a while. Like, I mean, you'll, it'll be back eventually. Sure, he's held Jordan. He's not going to be gone forever. Yeah. But you would buy it. Or maybe for the next few arcs or whatever. We'll just have, you know, Guy and John and whoever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And... That is kind of a problem, but to be fair, they barely address it in issue eight. So it opens on the ring, you know, Hal's special ring that he forged out of willpower himself. So sure. <laughs> it's flying around going, uh, must like searching for Hal Jordan error. And it's, right. it's just flying around. And that's it for that for until the end of the issue, which I'll get to obviously at the end. But that's just the one page. And that's the only time it's really addressed. So the Yellows and Soronek and Guy, they all show up and meet up with the, the rest of the Greens, because obviously there's not that many of them now. Right. And they retake Sector Zero and, you know, reestablish that this is... Oh, uh... Yeah, with, uh, they got Mogo there as, the, you know, home base. That's it. And good stuff. Guy is standing around naked the entire time, and, the, and, and John's like, come on, charge your ring and put on some damn clothes. And he's just like, nah, I'm good. Because of course he is. <laughs> Any other character, you're just like, that's dumb. But the guy Gardner, you're like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has no shame. None. <laughs> He's like a puppy. He has no shame. Yeah. But they're like, oh, was was that you who did that? And he's like, nah, that was Hal. And they're like, okay, cool. That's it. Like they <laughs> don't go, where is he? What happened? And they're like, whatever. <laughs> and. The thing is, I should complain, but I kind of feel the same way. It's like, I don't care. I don't want to know. Just just go, eh, whatever, forget it. Oh, man. It's just kind of sad. But anyway, they're, they're resetting, setting up base, getting 
communications back up and of course there's instantly a crisis uh tomatu's planet is being attacked okay so they all go on down of course and it turns out so when matt might perk up a little bit mm-hmm. it's starro uh-oh yeah oh, starro we've already had starro this week <laughs> i know i know but it's you know like big starro right big starro yeah 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 starro prime starro not no, we we forgot to mention in New Superman they were genetically genetically modified Starros. Yeah. GMS. Yeah. Here, this is originally Starro. Yeah. The Starro. So they're coming in. They're starting to fight, Star-O. and Starro kind of just leaves, and they're like, "Well, that seemed easy." And so they go to leave, and they're stuck in. It's like there's in a you know I mean the the title of the arc is bottled light. And uh, guess who? But. Brainiac. Brainiac. Yeah. Here we go. Well, you know, Tomar Ray was the reason that Krypton exploded. Nobody could do anything about it. Yeah. Because he wrote his report too late. So. (laughs) I just thought uh, there's there's this real growing trend of Superman-related characters showing up at the end of issues uh, that Matt's not (laughs) reading. It's it's really cracking me up. You know, if it wasn't called Bottled Light, I wouldn't believe him. I would feel he wants me to read it so he has someone to talk about it with. (laughs) <laughs> but the fact that it's called Bottled Light, it matches Brainiac's MO. Yeah, so... No, uh, no I'm, I'm not bullshitting you on this. This is, you know, Brainiac's there, he's got them all in, in a bottle. And that's kind of the end of the issue there with, with that story. But it's kind of fun. There's, you've got Green Lanterns being Green Lanterns, responding to threats that aren't to do with other core. Space, yeah. Space you, you, cops. You, yeah, you have, you have some obviously, like, light politics with with the, them not trusting the sinestros and you know of well, course well yeah i mean yellow and green are opposite like that's why yeah. you, you know but but the yellow show up to help anyway yeah. because saranik's leading them and you know she's good i just don't un- understand how you can instill fear when you're there to save people <sighs> hey batman Don't instills question. fear all the time just but not in the average person he instills well, sure. if you're not doing what you're supposed to you know what I mean? Like the the Sinestros come to help my planet. I'm like, well, they're not, they're, wait, they're oh, not, they're helping. I'm no longer afraid of them. They're not trying to f- uh, put fear in the the people on the planet. Though. They're trying to put fear in whoever's doing the wrong thing. So you know, they can just make them scared. They, they were until it got you know twisted. Yeah. <laughs> until they were a bunch of rabid dogs that got let off the chain. Uh, yeah. But it's actually kind of fun and. Yeah. I'm like it's it might be the best issue yet because there's no Hal to distract from that. You've got Guy doing fun stuff. You got John. You got Brainiac. You've got Starro. Woggy. Killwog still there? He's around. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what more do you want? And then no, at I the just... end, we we kind of come back to the the ring flying through, and it flies onto a planet, and you see the two guys. You see Sade and Gaffnet sitting around. Oh. Yeah, so... I haven't thought of those things in a while. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty good, this issue. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it. I feel See, like... When, when you said I was going to enjoy the end, I kind of thought for a half second uh, that, that Hal's showing up as Spectre. Oh, man. You know? Because that's what that he was, was awesome. before he yeah. was a Green Lantern. You I know? feel like but... this plot's more interesting, but I think I'll get just the right amount of enjoyment just hearing you tell me what it is rather than actually going and reading that. The thing is... I think Venditti's not bad. It's just that he didn't get Hal at all. He never yeah. got Hal's voice right for me. Yeah. 
And well, see, now that's that where... he's out of the picture for now, well, that that's where I was at when I dropped Green Lantern and Green Lantern Core because I was enjoying his Green Lantern Core, but it was just crossing over too often. Yeah, you know, because I was enjoying the Dominator or the the Durlins and mm. John and and that stuff. But I was just like, well, you're crossing over with Green Lanterns and Red Lanterns again. I just I don't have time. Yeah, to, to read this. So you know, I get that. Venditti might just be better with not Hal. Yeah, no, I honestly think it, I think it is a case of those two are just not working for him. But like John and Guy are pretty great. And if you if you have time, I'd recommend maybe maybe jumping yeah. back in. Maybe maybe I will. All right. Okay. Well, that will take us on to the highlight of the week, which is Connor's thoughts on Red Hood and the Outlaws issue four, written by Scott Lobdell and art by Dexter Soy. I love how Matt's just proper leaning in. It's kind of terrifying. <laughs> but seriously, I'm done with this shit. This is atrocious. Why? Why? What is going on here? <sighs> Are they a team yet? No. <laughs> Did you get to keep reading? Yes. <laughs> it's not over uh... until... Do you know what? It starts off, and it starts off with them all fighting. Well, well, Artemis is off somewhere. I can't even remember. But... They're giant axe. The axe isn't even in action. It's missing in action at the minute. I don't know where that is. Well, I'm Um, glad I didn't hop in after that. Yeah. But anyway, Brainiac's kind of... Not Brainiac, sorry. Bizarro's just jumped (laughs) out. And, uh, you know, he's smashing things and he's all mad. And then I get a bit of hope. Jason comes over and he kind of gives him his little Superman doll that he had. And it makes him feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay... Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe this is the, the forming of the team. Come on, I can do this. <laughs> and then it's not. <laughs> but um, then you get Jason having an existential crisis of why is he here? He was here to find out about Black Mask or whatever his mission was, because I don't really remember. And <laughs> he's just ended up in deeper and he's now the heir apparent. And so he has this talk with Black Mask, and Black Mask's like, yeah, I really like that what you're doing. You you put your life on the line for, for our investment, not, you know, you weren't just here to, to get in money or whatever. And and then he kind of comes out, and he does something so he can control Bizarro and tells Bizarro to, to smash Jason, because he knows who Jason is. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, he calls him by his name. He's like, oh, you knew? He's like, of course I did. And then it ends with him using mind-controlling, I think, it's not very clear, Bizarro to smash Jason. It's like, God damn it. Now I've got a whole other issue of them fighting. <sighs> so wait, he was undercover as not Jason, although he is the Red Hood. Well, no, he was un- he was still there as, as the Red Hood, but uh-huh. Black Mass knows he's Jason. Okay. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Well, still got at least I'm one more to read. Still- <sighs> I'm furious. Just put me out of my misery with this already, please. By the way, I did want to mention, though, because I have a funny feeling that the cliffhanger at the end of issue five will be them deciding to team up to fight whatever, you know, the villain is, probably Black Mask. That counts. That does not count. You have to read the next issue. No, 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 no. When they're a team. No, you have to actually see them. As soon as they are a team. No, they have to work as a team. You have to see them work as a team. team. They have to be a team. (laughs) They're not a team yet. No, once they make that decision, they're like, we're a team. That's it. 
I'm that's at. stupid though. That's like the that, that's all, that's like the second last issue of the arc. You need to read the last issue of the arc. I will not commit to any such thing. <laughs> I have never said that. I've said the moment they're a team, that's it. I'm out. By all means, people write in comments and all that kind of thing. Uh, let Connor know he has to finish the arc. I will need to be paid to do that, and it would have to be a substantial amount to be worth it. Someone start a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> Someone go start a GoFundMe uh, to pay Connor to finish the final issue of the first arc of Red Hood and the Outlaws. That is, that is of paramount importance at this point. Ah, oh, dear. But still, uh, you're not enjoying it then? No, not even a little bit. No, not, not, not getting I'm, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Oh well. Uh, now that pretty much wraps us up this week, but we do have one more book because we are going to talk about the first issue of Mother Panic, which is a DC Young Animal book, and this was the first issue, of course. Uh, this is written by Jody Hauser and Jim Kruger, and art by Tommy Lee Edwards and Phil Hester, and it's a book that's set in Gotham, funnily enough, um, which. It's funny because Batman does have like a brief cameo at one point, and mm-hmm. it did kind of crack me up that there was like f bombs like you know two pages previous, and I was like, "This is weird." Even though Batman kind of fits into a darker world, it's just kind of weird like having a book. You never with, actually yeah. see it, yeah. Do you? Yeah, having a book with swearing and Batman just like sauntering around. It's kind of weird, but it focuses on a character named Violet who is a sort of vengeful vigilante type character who's around to get vengeance for her father's murder that uh, we seem to be building up to in the, a series of flashbacks. We don't get to it in this issue, yeah. but I presume that's It happened that's 15 years to. earlier, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Well, at least these flashbacks are 15 years uh, yeah. prior to present day. Um, I did actually quite enjoy this, I have to say. Um, yeah. I like the... I liked that it was Gotham, but it was like the the, the more underbelly, like grimier Gotham with these darker things going on. Because the the main villain right now is this like, uh, well, it's debatable which one's the main villain, but th- this guy who has paid this quote unquote artist to do a piece for him, and her pieces tend to involve like you know torture or mutilation of a person, and like some sort of pose and that kind of thing. Um, and you get this idea of this underbelly of conspiracy of the, these awful people doing these kind of things, and Violet's uh, like trying to like, break into it and investigate it, and mm-hmm. uh, she's a she's a, got a temperament. She doesn't like anyone or anybody. No, and she tells people to piss off at the first chance she gets for anyone who tries to talk to her. <laughs> yeah, that reporter. So you want to talk about your dad? Piss yeah. off. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but no, I I I enjoyed that about the book. I I thought it was it felt different from any other type of book that you typically see set in Gotham. But at the same time, it still feels like Gotham. Yeah, as I think the yeah. art really sold it on that. It was like really scratchy and darker yeah. and just not as neat. Yeah, yeah. When, when she takes up that bad guy's team and Batman shows up, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, because it's it's like later that night, Batman shows up and like all the yeah. people, all all this like these villains are all lying, all these henchmen are all lying about in the alleyway, and he just yeah. you know he's in complete shadow. You don't really see him, but you just get enough of his expression to be like, hmm, what's yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Who's done this? You know, uh, and even that that main villain guy is like, well, it might be one of the Bats kids. 
Yeah. You know, like, because, uh, not sure who she is. The guy she saves even says, are you one of the Bats people? Because you've got, you got those pointy yeah. ears kind of thing going yeah. on. Yeah. She feels and rather insulted. Is, yeah, and F, she's not Batman, happy about that. Right? Yeah. yeah, basically, yeah, that was her attitude. Uh, but I, I thought that was... Uh, I, th- I thought that was a nice, interesting uh, take on the city, and uh, mm. but uh, no, I-, I had fun. And obviously, her mother, who has maybe Alzheimer's or something like that, she's you know, yeah, some I- some form of. As they talk about that, she might she's having a good day today, yeah, and she might not remember her tomorrow. Some form uh, of dementia, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fifteen years ago, and now we see her, and she's still kind of like that. Yeah, and so, but it's almost as if. I got the vibe like she's not like not a partner, but not quite Alfred. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's almost like her mom's inspiring her to go out and do this for whatever reason. Yeah. So you know. Um but she's definitely complicit in it. So like she knows what her daughter's up to. When she remembers what she's like, up to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like the that she's like this um celebrity like we don't know why she's a celebrity or for whatever reason but like people seem to know her and i like that there's under the glitz and glamour and all that there's that dark side to her that she can throw on a suit and just beat the crap out of thugs yeah so but, but she barely even hides as well like we say she just tells people yeah. to piss off the first chance she gets she doesn't want to talk to anyone yeah. uh i'll actually yeah. be really curious as to why she is famous like what why is she rich why is she famous like what what yeah. did she do that did this um but it also it works really well with the flashbacks with the dad is he's taking her on a hunting trip and she can't like shoot the deer like she can't do that like she's she's not willing to uh, so it's interesting you know what what is this dark path obviously starting with his murder that leads well that's to... the thing it clearly implies that she's the one that kills him for some reason I but is that does. too she obvious she might be responsible hmm. yeah I'm getting into that she's I don't know. I, I, am I, I think it's more one. likely that the, 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 the mum kills him. Or along those lines. Because yeah. so, it has to do with that hunting trip. Then mm. the mom wasn't going. She was supposed to go but didn't. So, you know. But yeah, out of out of the young animals, this and I really enjoyed this and Cave Carson. The other two, the less I can talk about, the better. So, um, I still need to read Cave Carson, but none of them have touched yeah. shade for me so far. I love <laughs> that one. That was the one that I was immediately, nope. Uh, yeah. Like Doom Patrol, I'm kind of like, eh, it's 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 all right, but I need to, you know, see how I feel like six issues in. I think with that one, yeah, see if I have a better idea. But shade, my brain. I'm so in. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm not going to read any of these month to month. We kind of decided that uh, we weren't going to be reviewing these because we just have yeah. too many DC books, and there's more coming, you know, in the next couple of months. Uh, but we thought we'd do the issue ones, so. But no, I, I really like this. I probably like this the most. Out of the, I haven't read Cave yet myself either, but um, I like this a lot. I like Doom Patrol quite a bit, but not as much. So th- those are the ones that I'd recommend for different reasons. Doom Patrol's very weird and high concept, wacky stuff. This is more just a straight up vigilante book where the character's got a, like a dark past and you're sort of discovering yeah. that. So this one's a bit more conventional, so I think this is a, maybe an easier one to recommend to people. But uh, yeah. well done, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yep. uh, no, uh, that's uh, all the books this week. So, that gets us on to picking some favourite things of the week. So, first up, favourite panel of this week. And I'm going to go to Connor first. 
I think I'm going to have to go with that big two-page spread on Wonder Woman, you know, where she's deflecting all the bullets. Uh, yeah. It's just fantastic. I know I know it's an easy pick, but it's just Low fantastic. Hanging fruit, I believe, is the phrase hey, I just... Hey, I'm never the first one to pick this, so I never get to pick the <laughs> hanging fruit. I'm making the most of it. Okay, okay. Uh, Matt? I'm going to go from the same issue, but it's going to be the when they're holding the the lasso and all their expressions change because the art there, each person's conveying something different. So, and it, yeah, so it's not just a panel. It's it's the multiple panels, especially Steve with the hearts around his face. That was pretty great. Okay, I can, I can see it. I'm, I'm actually going to go with Detective Comics. I am going to go with the first victim smelling through the mask. Uh, there's something about that that I really like. Partly just because mm-hmm. it's really creepy, but also I feel like you get so much sense of character from him. Like, there's there's an attitude behind that mask. So not mm-hmm. only is he showing attitude through the art, he's showing it with a character who's wearing a mask, and you're seeing it from behind the mask. There's, like, there's a lot of talent to take to pull that off. Yeah. Plus, yeah. it's just really creepy and looks good. So, you know, um, yeah. I'm going with that. Uh, but yeah, so then best overall art of the week. Uh, it's perhaps a little bit different. Uh, for that one, I am going to go with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Front to back, gorgeous. Um, facial expressions, action, colouring, everything about it is fantastic. So, let's slingshot back. Matt? I'm going to go... Uh, I don't want to just leech off of Wonder Woman, even though it was the art. But I'll go with my second runner-up, which was... Uh, Superwoman, because that was the, I think the next best. With you know we talked about it with the her closing her eyes and then opening one, you know, and they also got Atomic Skull smiling through his weird purple you know Ghost Rider head. So yeah, Lupacino's killing it on that book. But but just to be clear, there you did say that was your second pick. So technically, it's still Wonder Woman. You just yeah, just yeah to mix but I'm um, yeah, yeah yeah I'm trying to mix it up a bit so we're not just Uniform across the... Yeah. Yeah. Don't have that attitude with your number one pick of the week, though, because I keep tracking no, of course that. Not. And no, of there, course not. There will be a Hall of Fame at the end of the year for all the unanimous picks that happen. Yeah. Uh, mm. Anyway, Connor, what's your art of the week? It's, it's, it's one woman. Uh, Nicholas right. Scott is, is one of my favourite artists right now. She's incredible. All right, easy. So, uh, top fives of the week, then. Uh, the, the bigger question, I guess. Um, Connor, let's uh, start with you on that. Okay, so first up, probably no surprise at this point, but Wonder Woman. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Second, I'm going to go Action Comics. Third, Detective. Fourth, I'm actually going to go Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I really like this issue. And then five, I think I'm going to go Superwoman. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'll I'll go next. We'll mix up the order. Uh, I'm also going to put Wonder Woman at number one. Uh, that that book's just firing in all cylinders right now. Uh, I'm going to put the uh, Supergirl at number two. Whoa. Then mm. Detective Comics ish at number three. Then Superwoman at number four. And then number five, The Flash. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. So, okay, I wasn't expecting any of that after the first one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. So, so I'm going to go Wonder Woman. So there's our unanimous, because it's hard not to. And then I'm going to go Action, Superwoman, um, Detective, and then Birds of Prey. But I think that's my biggest surprise, just because I was so down on it last time, and I really enjoyed this issue. It's, it's funny, because so. Birds of Prey might be my lowest, outside of my actual lowest, but, yeah. like, that wow. up, but that upwards, like, I loved them all. Yeah. Mm. My lowest is All-Star Batman, in case that wasn't obvious. <laughs> yeah, mine too. I mean, with, mine's with obviously bullet. Red Hood, but if we're not counting that, same rules as always, I, I'd have to agree with All-Star Batman. And I liked it more than you guys did. You did? Yeah. But uh, no, there you go. That's uh, our picks for the week. Um, so as always, let us know in the comments and stuff uh, what your picks of the week are. Uh, but it does leave me one more thing to do. I need to tell you what's coming next week. Uh, so coming next week, we have Batman issue 11, Green Arrow issue 11, Green Lanterns issue 11, Justice League issue 9, Nightwing issue 9, Superman issue 11, Trinity issue 3. We have issue 3 of Raven from the miniseries. We also have In Connor's Corner, Harley Quinn issue 8, and Suicide Squad issue 6. Plus on top of that, we're not covering them, but they are out as uh, Aquaman issue 11 and Cyborg issue 5, uh, if you're picking those up. so. And Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye too. It's out. Yeah, I wasn't going to... Just in case. I wasn't going to keep uh, putting the uh, young animal ones in. But oh, that's right. Well, I, yeah. I enjoy that one, so I want he, he just, to read it. He just wants to wrap it for everyone else. All right, sure. Look, go and buy it. <laughs> sure. Sure, Matt. Matt's Please. endorsing Cave Carson, uh, but no, that's uh, that's everything this week. So uh, we can we can say our goodbyes and all that jazz. Uh, obviously, check out the other stuff we do if you like to on the uh, Mail Plus TV YouTube channel. We review a bunch of the DC TV shows every week. Um, that's me and Connor who do that. So check those out. Me and Matt review movies. Uh, we did Doctor Strange last week. We've got Arrival coming up this weekend. Um, that should be up tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, check that sort of stuff out. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's us. I think we're done. I think that's uh, episode 25 of Comics from the Multiverse. Quarter of the way to 100. Didn't take long, did yeah. it? It did yeah. not take long. It's actually kind of insane how far along we are in this rebirth train already. But, yeah, that's been episode 25 of Conscious of the Multiverse. Thank you very much for watching and or listening. It helps us out a lot if you would like and subscribe and all that stuff. Uh, but otherwise, guys, keep reading comics books. And always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. And long live the Legion.